Welcome to episode 48. 48 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, why am I like stumped? You know Because why? you just woke up. I did. This guy just woke up. You <laughs> believe did. it? I did, bro. That's I, some life, man. Hey, I, hey. I fell asleep. It was like 4.30 in the morning. I woke up at like 9 o'clock in the morning and then I fell back to sleep and I woke up. It was 11.30 and I fucking panicked. Yeah. <laughs> Well, for so, what? For what? We're just hanging out. Because I, don't like, I don't like. I don't like to be late. I know. Well, I wasn't because <laughs> I got here exactly noon. Anyway, enough yeah. about me. Yeah. Very uh, special guest in the building today. Yes, we do. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hey, uh, hello, everybody. Then all, all the <laughs> listeners that are listening. Uh, my name is Mike Gibbons. Yeah, it's nice to have you, man. It really is. It's it's nice to meet you. Um, you as well been a fan of your of your music and you're playing for for a very long time well and, uh, well mike gibbons is is the original lead slash rhythm guitarist of mm-hmm. legendary band leeway right born to expire and desperate measures yeah and just to uh, clarify to any listeners yeah it's, it's great i was just telling him i was just telling mike how uh, i was at that show in 91 i think it was 91 the with, last with, rash bash with was was that the one with non-fiction well, nonfiction, Biohazard, White Zombie, Typo Negative, Chromags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was two nights too, right? That was one night. The last Rash Bash, it was a. Is that and that's the one they were on, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's the one I was at. Wasn't there like three nights though of like bands playing of different genres? Yes. Like, like, okay, that's yes, what I saw. because on. everybody, a lot of people thought that the last Rash Bash was the last ever show at Lamore, but it wasn't because the next night was like a hair metal final. Right, 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 right. It was like which z- makes sense. Which does make sense, like Zebra and like Taiketo and yeah, shit and like, played and like uh, <laughs> White Lion. I grew up with a girl who loved Taiketo. Uh, of course, they, they were like a huge thing back in the day yeah, for some reason. Taiketo, man, hey. Yeah. What, what the hell is a Taiketo? What is that? I don't know what it's a It's got to be Japanese. Is. Sounds I Japanese. Mean, it's something. It's not a drum, is it? No. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, we got to look it up. We'll Google it. I don't know. We'll Google that for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was such a, um, to, to me, that was like one of the most, I mean, I was a kid, you know, I was a younger kid at that time sure. and I was just starting, I was just playing guitar. Um, I've been playing guitar for a few years at that point and uh, it was just, um, Leeway was that band that really, you know, I, I, you know, I was in hardcore bands, but it just was like the band that was like, wow, okay, we can mix those genres. You can kind of shred and, and be like a guitar player. and be Not that you couldn't be a guitar player in a band like Minor Threat or Youth of Today, but it was a little bit more punk-based. And I just loved sure. to, I wanted to play guitar. And it was that crossover so, aspect yeah. to it, too. Totally, man. Yeah. So, yeah, that awesome. was That was May of 91. And before, I mean, we'll give you the floor. But um, I've, I've said it, and it's almost annoying at this point for me to even repeat it so many times, but I've said it so many times on the podcast that I was a metalhead. I was like straight up, I grew up in a household where it was just like, you know, like like the typical Led Zeppelins, Queen, stuff mm. like that. And then I got introduced to like early, early hair metal, like Motley Crue Shout at the Devil as like a nine, ten year old kid. And then I eventually grew into, you know, into the heavier stuff and the th- early thrash stuff and the Metallica's. And then November of 1990, I went to Lemoore, and the lineup was White Zombie, Leeway, Suicidal Tendencies. Wow, what a great lineup. I remember remember that. Awesome lineup. And I went there. I was like, I heard of White Zombie, never heard a note. Heard of Leeway, never heard a note. I'm going there to see Suicidal Tendencies. It was Mm -hmm. the Lights, Camera, Revolution tour. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to see Suicidal. White Zombie gets off the stage. Leeway comes on, you guys fucking blew me away from 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 that night on. I say it all the time on here. From that night on, that was the night that put me onto the path 
to becoming a quote-unquote hardcore kid. The very next day, I went to a place called Ciro's CD Cellar. Shout out to Ciro, if you're listening. Um, he, no, no, I'm still friends with him. It's weird. Um, but I went there with my friend Tommy Mitchell, and I bought Leeway Born to Expire and, for some reason, Agnostic Front Liberty and Justice for mm. at the same day. Right the day after that, and that put me on the path. So I always said that if it wasn't for that night, my musical taste might be different. But you know, Leeway uh, turned me into that hardcore kid. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Led Zeppelin, and uh, it's funny because you posted yep. a video of that show at Lamore, and you guys opened with oh, someone in San Diego. Yeah, you open, and I was just like, that. oh my god, I didn't even realize. AJ that was yeah. a big Zeppelin fan. Oh, it was, myself, it was so, so, yeah. it's yeah. so <laughs> good too. It yeah. sounded so so good. Yeah, I, I, like, I have that entire show somewhere on a boot like. Yeah. Like a like a videotape. Are we talking Tommy Mitchell, Wild Hearted Son, the drummer? Tommy Bald, glasses, shaved head. Yes. He plays in a cover band. Now he does, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I know Tommy because they, they. You have me, you, and Tommy all have a mutual friend, and I believe that our mutual friend used to work with you, Richie Poitvin. Oh sure, I have, oh god. Me and Richie Poivin <laughs> had the exact same birthday, <laughs> down to the year. Grim reality, go yeah. Richie. Grim reality. Grim I was reality. at holy shit. I was at their first show ever at the Crazy Country Club. Wow. Grim oh, reality. Wow. I wish I would have been. And I still one, have man. that flyer. It was them and New York City Strength and a couple other bands. Did you ever play Crazy Country Club? No, never. I mean, I've been there plenty of times. Right. I never even knew they had bands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tommy oh Mitchell god. was like one of my best friends ever. Like all through like junior high school and high school and stuff. I like guess that. he started having bands around what. Around, right around that time. 90, I, I saw Life of Agony there in yeah. like 89. Wow, I played there damn. so many times. So many times. It's the only place that would have us let us play. Yeah. They would let any band, it didn't matter who you were, you just played there. Mm-hmm. You know? And then like, you know, obviously, I don't know, whatever. Then there was a lot, there was other other venues. But anyway, we're getting off track a bit. Yeah, but no, well, I was just, we were just talking about my early uh, experiences Admiration with Leeway. And, uh, yeah, yeah and, man. And, and thanks for bringing some cool stuff, man. No, 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 no sweat. But besides food, besides mm-hmm. like the Jerry Falling. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Are you, he's, Mike, Mike, everybody who's listening who could be potential <laughs> guests, mm-hmm. Michael Gibbons. Is the first one that brought me and Johnny fucking merch. Yeah. <laughs> very nice of you, man. Very cool. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you. It's appreciated, man. No, thank you. Thank and you guys are very welcome, man. And uh, no, that's no, uh, we're not trying to make anybody feel bad. Like Mordecai, we mentioned last time when he was here, he could have brought a couple oh, of yeah. t-shirts, but we were just joking about yeah, that. Yeah, we yeah. don't care. We just do this no, to, no, to have a fucking conversation. If I may uh, comment that, uh, my, my, my upbringing as far as music is exactly like yours. Older Brothers, Zeppelin, you know, mm. Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother Joe of, was a real, real redneck back in the '70s, mm. so I knew I knew the words to Freebird before Stay Away mm. to Heaven. Right at seven years old, dude, I was singing Neil old. Diamond songs at four, four or five years right, old. Right, right, right. I mean, like I, I was explaining uh, before, when I came in um, that uh, you know my sister uh, was what she got into punk rock at, like back in '79 and hardcore, and and that's where I learned about CBGB and stuff like that. But I. You know, it was a guy in high school, Gus Pena, that really got me into hardcore. And uh, the drummer for Leeway went to high school with me as well. George, uh, the original drummer, George Montroni, the first mm-hmm. drummer, uh, Sasso. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, He was on board to expire. Oh, uh, no, no. He, he didn't record anything. He, he recorded gotcha. the Enforcer demo. He was on the first demo, the and, demo. The, and the Enforcer demo. Right. And uh, I said, George, you ever need a second guitarist, man? I'm in. You know, whatever happened, they, you know, they, they had uh, Gordon Ansis, uh, ex-Agnostic Front, he... Uh, and ex Leeway, he he was in the band, but he, he went from AF to Leeway, and then he left the band to join uh, 
uh, to start a band with Pat Burns and TJ Scaglione, who was formerly of Whiplash and Slayer. Pat Burns played with uh, Death Thrash. Okay. And uh, he left, and Lee, we had a spot wide open, so I auditioned and I got it, you know. But yeah. uh, I remember my sister saying, oh, I'm going to take you to CBGB one day. I'm going to take you to CBGB one day. And I was, I was a metal kid. I was like, all right, all right, I'll check it out. But I went to CBGB in December of 85, my first time, and I, and I was hooked. Yeah. I, I, was, I was just like, oh my God. Man. Yeah. It, it, and the, it was it wasn't a blue plate special show. It, mm -hmm. it was Agnostic Front Cro-Mags. Wow! Yeah. And, and and it was packed, and there were skins everywhere. And yeah. I, I, I I had a Judas Priest show. <laughs> yeah. Remember the black jerseys with the red sleeves? Yeah, of course. Jerseys? Yeah. I had a Judas Priest jersey, Ellen. I was just like, oh my god, I should Which take album? this freaking Which shirt off. It, it was Defenders of the Faith. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, should, I better take the shirt off. That's so your good. first time going to CBS was Agnostic Front yeah. Cro-Mags. That was I was like Eddie always said that. He's something where he says, man, my first show. Somebody I can't even remember. Yeah, you, you got into a, a, pro, a yeah. premiere show here. Yeah, man. man, that's fucking great. I was hooked every every Sunday. I was there since all the way up yeah. until '92 or whatever. It's so yeah. crazy. They should like study how that place was built because there was something about the sound of that room. You'll never get a better it. sounding venue. It was man. just. It was just so. Perfect. It the stage was cockeyed. Like so it, the right. stage yeah, was on a slant. They had like little things that people would sit the on. Little yeah, yeah, nest. The little birds nesting nest. behind the, the drummer. The, the same chains holding those speakers. Oh that my eighty-year-old chains. Oh yeah. my God, man, the speaker's gonna you fall on the crowd one day. You want to freak out right now? There's a little table down here, sitting right here. That is the, that is the table that sat under the light board. For pretty much the see that yeah it has that uh, that's what it is see, it's Elvis seventy seven fat <laughs> sticker that's that's the table that was given to me by uh, Josh Lozano wow. shout out to Josh from Fashion Week uh, he worked at CB's for the last ten years of its existence right. and when they had to break it down he. He was in there every day. I would have, I would have, I would have liked to just, a, just, a, I mean, a small little, maybe like a little four inch by four inch piece of the stage. I would, I would, I would like that. that. I would have that in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah! And, man. and honestly, it's it's my prized possession to have that thing. It's a piece of punk rock history sitting Absolutely. in my freaking apartment. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's like I don't know. Is it valuable? I don't think so. No, to people, no, to people that CBs mean something to. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's kind of crazy. other than that. It's a fucking dirty piece That's of wood. It. Nobody, you like, you know what I mean? I couldn't auction it and. Not that I would want to, but it's just crazy that that. And he was like, "I seen your band at CB's over a dozen times. You've earned this." And I was like, "What?" It's like he handed me the holy freaking grail. Nice. <laughs> anyway, CB's legendary yes. historical wood. If it was, oh in my CB's. god, <laughs> I'll say that. True. true, man. Crazy. Anyway, so yeah, so all right, so you auditioned and you get and you got into leeway. This was how much was was born to expire in the middle of being recorded was it not being recorded yet was it being written no everything was written it was september of 87 mm. okay when I, when I got into the band we gordon uh split for with to do this the side thing with tj right i i auditioned i got into the band september of 87 we were scheduled to go up to record um in november so i just had to learn the songs and ready to go and that was mm. it but uh right. like speaking of lead guitar the solos you hear on born to expire mm-hmm I had nothing prepared. They, 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 the producer in the middle of recording turned everything around and said, mm -hmm. no, you're doing the leads. AJ's going to stick to the rhythms. I said, mm -hmm. well, that's not the way we've been rehearsing for two months. Right. He goes, uh, well, you know, do your best. I said, I have nothing prepared. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't write any solos. Right. right. And he was like, just go in there and riff. I was like, oh, wow. great, thanks. Oh, yeah. shit. So All right, well. It worked out? It worked, yeah, I mean, I'm Apparently. not saying happy with the solos. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm VT. I'm not, I'm not, I, if, if I had better time to right, prepare right, them. Right. Yeah. But but, uh, you know. but that's amazing, man. It's see, that's an amazing fact thing to learn that that I never knew that. Yeah, me neither, man. 
and um, neither did you out there. <laughs> yeah, those solos are spit out right, right there. That's the, the, the engineer used to go like this to me, like point, go solo <laughs> like that, point. Tom Sawyer's would point. That's great. When we went up there, Normandy Sound. That's where after wow. we recorded there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we we were the first city band to record there, hardcore mm-hmm. crossover band, and then everybody else liked the sound of Born to Expire, so mm-hmm. everybody else went up there, Killing yeah. Time, uh, Sick of It All, Chromags, mm-hmm. you know, etc., uh, etc. Et I really mm-hmm. yeah. Bands, uh, all the other hardcore bands that went up there to record. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just was a great sounding studio, had a brightness to it. Right. I was never there. Yeah. I had no reason to be there. Yeah. Well, you know, one day you're going to start a band. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Mike, you want to pl- pick up the fucking the twanger again or what? <laughs> yeah. No, if, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm always down to play somehow, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, you so, were- so Born to Expire comes out. You guys tour. You guys. What the fuck what? is that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, you guys do do you guys do any do you guys do like any kind of like a like a national tour? Oh yeah, sure. We, yeah. we did um uh, that uh, that. If you could just give me a second, that yeah, that, man. Listen, this is a long time right, ago. Th- yeah, this is uh '87. Don't f- there was there was a delay in releasing the album because the the manager at the po- and the producer he wanted to get a be- better distribution deal because mm-hmm. he knew Profile Records was crap. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, they didn't they they just didn't care. They pressed the record. And, they left it in a warehouse. If somebody right. asked for it, they asked for it. <laughs> right, right, You know, right. if, if, if a store requested, hey, we, we'd like some copies of this Born to Expire or Desert Measures record, then, then Landmark, the distributor, would send it out. But that was a horrible label. They didn't promote the bands or do anything for the bands. But mm. it took in a whole year for it to come out, a year and three months. It, did, it wasn't released until January of uh, 89. Right. January 21st, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, we toured with Bad Brains. We did a... First, we did a... A pre-tour before that, December of 88, that whole month we toured uh, the East Coast with Chromags. Right. And uh, then we did the Born to Expire tour, summer of 89. Mm-hmm. And that was national. That was a killer tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came back. We The contracts for Europe with Bad Brains, we were supposed to go to Europe with Bad Brains, and it fell through. The contracts didn't. So that sort of sucked. But we were still, we were writing and doing the local bigger shows, uh, Lamore or Ritz or whatever was happening. So we were writing the material for Desert Measures at the time. We recorded that. In April of '90, and the same thing happened again. Wow! They went. They the manager said, "Let's shop for a better distribution deal." And this is terrible. This label mm-hmm. took another year for it to come out. It didn't come out until wow. June mm-hmm. of '91. Wow! And it, in all that time, that the anticipation that was building up for both records, mm-hmm. it, it sort of you know the buzz of the band started to fizzle a little. Right. Yeah. And that Bad Brains tour reemerged us. We got on the Bad Brains tour and put us right back into the like Leeway's best, most profound years had to be 89, 90-ish. Because mm-hmm. by 91, even with Desperate Measures newly released, by 91 it, it was sort of, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you, you're, I'm speaking honestly, you're looking from the stage and you see that crowd getting smaller. It's like, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, something's, uh, <laughs> something's not going well here. Yeah, man, I mean, it's really, it's crucial whenever you're making a record to make sure that that comes out at the right time and, you know, get it out and support with, it. Yeah, you gotta, get out, you gotta get out there, man. I mean, that's a very important thing. Leeway um, suffered. I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to. No, Leeway suffered from terrible, a terrible record label, mm-hmm. and really bad management, mm-hmm. bad business decisions, and and it's, it's a shame. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the way it was. Yeah. The way it went. You touched on like how how things were delayed, and how like like Born to Expire. It, it took a while to come out, and then I remember because <clears throat> when I saw you guys for the first time live, 
was kind of the first time I got hip to leeway, and it was Desperate Measures was, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was recorded, oh, but yeah. it was sitting on a shelf. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the Kingpin video dropped before the whole album did, correct? I, I, I Something like that. I really can't recall, but you, we, we filmed the video before right, the record came out. Right. The reason why I think I, I think, I might be right, I could be wrong, but the reason why that comes up is because... All right, I had Born to Expire, and I, it, there was always... I seen you guys, I don't know how many times, and I remember Eddie or somebody saying that, all right, the record's coming out on so-and-so date. And then I would see you guys again, and then it would come out on a so-and-so date. So there's always, like, these delays. Mm -hmm. And then the Kingpin video comes out, and I had... Because I was... This is how I had to get my music. There was no internet. I had a little recorder, like a little <laughs> fucking tape recorder. Remember those days? <laughs> and... King Biscuit Flower Hour. <laughs> MTV fucking Headbangers Ball, Leeway, Kingpin. I would shut everybody... Tommy Mitchell was probably at my house, because he used to come over. I used to go to his house and watch Headbangers Ball for three hours in a row on Saturday. Saturday nights but I would I took my fucking tape recorder and I put it I put the TV really loud and I fucking recorded off the TV mm. without saying a thing so that I had Kingpin on a cassette tape so I can have <laughs> some sort of new leeway music mm -hmm. and then I remember the record came out I, I, I I'm I'm nearly certain you're correct because we 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 filmed that video at the Brooklyn Army Terminal mm -hmm. and uh, at the Navy Terminal in the Navy Yard and uh, it was filmed. Then we had a show. The, the last show I, I appeared with Leeway uh, back then before the reunion tour. It was it was at the Palladium. Remember that big show the with riot. the riot? With the riot? The riot. The I riot was show. there. Right, right. We we. It was, that was your last show. That was my last show. Leeway. It was AF uh, Murphy's Law. Leeway with nuclear assault. Nuclear assault was on the bill. Luna chicks. Luna chicks. That's right. Rights were, of the accused. Uh, God, how do you man? God bless you. Yeah. Remember all? I mean. Yeah, Mur yeah, Murphy's Law, Agnostic Front, Leeway, Luna Chicks. We did Warzone. that show before mm -hmm. the record came out. Mm -hmm. So I know the video was filmed before that show. Yes. Certainly. Mm -hmm. Yes. That and was 92. That was New Music Nights. That was at the Palladium in 92. Yeah, Pro Profile Records refused to even release the, the Desperate Measures on record. They And then record was vinyl was still big then. Mm -hmm. It was 92. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They they didn't. Need, they said, well, CDs are the way of the future. Everybody's mm -hmm. buying CDs now. I said, well, not everybody. Right. Uh, the A&R man, Gary Pini. I was like, mm -hmm. not everybody. Right. And uh, he was like, "Well, you know, it, it, you know, it's we're not going to release it on 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 record." And I remember AJ just saying, "Man, they're killing us because mm -hmm. a record is big. People can sure. see it from a store yeah, sure. window. Even if somebody's yes. walking by mm -hmm. Zigzag Records, somebody mm -hmm. could see it in the window and go, oh, wow, is that a new Leeway? A CD is this big, and yeah. somebody might be like, he got real like into detail about it, mm -hmm. like how the record company's killing us.' And finally, one of their staff members, uh, I really can't remember his title. I think I think he was A and R." Uh, Fred Feldman, he he went in there to to the big bosses, Scott Pluck, Nikki, and Corey, I forgot his last name, and said, listen, this band is dying. This is what you have to do to make this band successful and bring profit to your label. And then it, they just decided to drop us, which wow. was a godsend wow. anyway, wow, which yeah. was great. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Um, uh, I, I, got, I got the flyer right here. Wednesday, June 17, 1992, Warzone, Functional Idiots, Rights of the Accused, Radix, Leeway, Lunatics, Nuclear Assault, Murphy's Law, Agnostic Front. Wow. $12.50 advance. <laughs> wow, the police. On a Wednesday night. It was a riot. It was, it was a riot. Yeah, it was a big brawl broke out. Yes. I what, was there. What, the Palladium was, what venue was that? The 14th Palladium. Street? It was, yeah. 14th Street? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I was in there. I saw. There was never hardcore shows there. It was always yeah. It was always a rock show, like mm -hmm. like you know that or like people used to rave and fucking disco shit. What's there. King Street though? What is it now? Oh, who the fuck who knows? knows? Probably it's fucking Starbucks. Yeah, the Palladium had all the big shows, and mm -hmm. you know, if you weren't an arena-sized band like Black Sabbath back in the '70s, mm -hmm. like Rush did three nights at the Palladium for 2012, right, right, and like right, you know, I see, okay, like they, it was it was a big venue. It was right. just it's like huge. A, I was actually standing, and I was saying, "My God, I'm on the same stage as Geddy Lee." Yeah, <laughs> standing where Geddy Lee stood. And yeah, I was, I was just like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, man, I'm standing on this stage. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and I remember I was like, "Fuck!" Like, because there was at the time. I mean, it started. It was like doors were at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah, it was, it was a, a big. Show. And it was a Wednesday night. Yeah, and it was a week during the week, right? Right, and it started at eight. So there's, I don't know what, seven, eight, eight bands, Holy nine shit. bands. So Agnostic Front, during Agnostic Front, that's when a riot broke out. But I remember I was kind of a little disappointed because everybody had such short sets. Mm -hmm. Like you guys had like a 20, 25 yeah, yeah. minute set. Yeah, I mean, you know, it starts at 8 p.m. Yeah. Uh, what but, was it a Wednesday? It was a Wednesday what, night. Holy shit. The yep. show must have, I mean, it, a riot happened. When oh. did that happen? During who set? Agnostic Front, the last, the last set. Wow. Yeah. There's about five or six in the middle of the song, Over the Edge, which was their fifth or sixth song. Holy crap. Shit went down. So, so I, I wonder, I mean, it, 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 it started out of nowhere, too. It was just like everybody was I, enjoying I themselves in the circle, I, and all I of a sudden, know. 60 people were fighting. Right. I was like, whoa, yeah. I was looking from the window. I kind of know what happened. You can actually look it up on YouTube. You can, you can find it. Just type in, like I guess, Agnostic Front Palladium Riot or something like that. What it was was the bouncers were being kind of dicks mm -hmm. because they didn't know that element of people. Right, I see. So everyone's going crazy. Murphy's Law's going on. Fucking cavity creeps. People are going crazy. So something had happened where I I want to say that a bouncer, like you know, you, people are climbing up to try to get on the stage. Even though there's a barricade, you know, people always try to get to the stage. Mm -hmm. um, I believe one of the bounces kind of manhandled somebody a little bit wrong, and it was kind of the wrong person to manhandle, mm -hmm. and Word got around. Just the bouncers were just being dicks. They were not having these quote unquote hardcore kids acting this way, I guess. And then they stopped the show for a second because there was a little back and forth between between somebody, a friend of one of the bands who was on the stage, and one of the bouncers. And then like maybe like another song later, somebody like something else happened, and then somebody from the stage ran ran. And jumped into the crowd, but kind of, kind of used one of the bouncers' heads as like a stepping stone, <laughs> and flipped into the crowd. And then from there, a little scuffle happened. And then I guess it was somebody who I believe maybe Roger was friends with, because Roger was like, "Yo, yo, 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 hold up, stop this shit." Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. And then it's all up online. And and Roger basically is like, "Listen." All you guys need to fucking chill out. Like, like telling the bounce, like, chill the fuck out. And it's like, yo, all you people, like, your stage is our stage. Like, th these motherfuckers don't know nothing. Your stage is our stage. And that's kind of maybe, maybe he shouldn't have said that. Mm. But it's the truth. So yeah. fucking have at it, man. Right. You know, these bouncers were being dicks. And next thing you know, people started kicking down that barricade. And I kind of was one of them. Wow. Uh, hey, and we all kicked down the fucking barricade. And next thing you know, there was fucking hardcore. There was fucking, you know, a, a lot of people you know, took a step back. But there was, you know, a good solid, I mean, the place was packed. But a solid 300 fucking hardcore kids against maybe like 15 bounces. <laughs> and, you know, people, I mean, there was people, people did some stupid shit. Like they were pulling the fucking monitors off the stage and shit like that. 
Yeah, and I just remember like, oh no, and people were like, no, 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 like don't fucking pull them. But people were pulling fucking monitors off the stage, and and then it, it cuts on on the YouTube video. It cuts towards the end where I was on the stage. Everybody rushed the stage where I thought the stage was gonna collapse. Everyone is stomping and screaming in unison, skinhead army. Yeah. Wow, God. And everyone was jumping up and down. I remember a uh, quick, quick, quick note on that. I went to see the Countdown to Extinction tour. It was such a great tour. Megadeth bought their own PA system on the road, and it sounded just like the record. Right. So me and my friend Richie, we actually drove to Red Bank, New Jersey, to catch the last show in the tri-state area. And the, the bouncers at, at the uh, the Red Red Bank, it was in Red Bank, whatever Red that Bank theater Jersey, was again, yeah. the Count Basie Theater. I can't remember it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, I can't remember the name where we went. And uh, and uh, the bouncers were being a little too rough with the crowd. And right. Dave Mustaine stopped the set. He stopped playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now here's a here's a band like Megadeth, a huge production band where everything's where there's you rehearse the tour, it's pre-production, you know right, what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. have monster budgets and everything, mm -hmm. and, and and you're dealing with with with, with Dave Mustaine, Eagle Maniac. Oh yeah, well, and he he stopped the he stopped playing. So now I see Marty Friedman looking like, what the hell's going on here? Mm -hmm. And Dave Mustaine, I'll never forget. His, he said, well, "Why'd you throw that kid out for having fun? You're out of your asshole." Yeah. The crowd went zoo. Nice. And, and and they got a whole lot. Uh, that bouncer was asked to leave by the management. The management said, that get that guy off the stage. Omega doesn't continue. You'll have a full scale ride on your hands. Mm -hmm. And it just reminded me of that. Yeah. But yeah, it used to be the same way at Lamore, too. I mean, Lamore, the bouncers were not. Oh, no. I, I, just, I, I, it was like they were from another world. They didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Like you're working in Michael a rock George, club. It's, the it's owners, like, they just made, you know, they hired these guys. It just really wasn't. They didn't know. They knew what that was, was up with the. Like the hair metal stuff, but once the hardcore stuff started happening, man, maybe they just didn't know what the hell was going on, and and I would see that happen all the time. I mean, I, you know, I mean, being being a part of one of the bands that regularly played Lamore, before don't before I was in Leeway, mm -hmm. I was a fan. I went to Lamore just mm -hmm. to see bands and hang out and everything. Sure. And I remember, like, I, I posted on Facebook the other night a story of what, how we went to me and my friend Joe went to Metallica. Mm -hmm. The, the legendary Lamore show as I was 15 years old. I couldn't get in, even though I bought tickets from It's Only Rock and Roll, and I was. I was begging the bouncers, please, you know, I have a ticket. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll hit you up with some cash mm -hmm. over here if you walk down the block. You know, no yeah. problem. And they, 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 they just that, that condescending tone. Right. And I'm not going to mention names. When I was in Leeway, some of those bouncers were still working a little more. Oh yeah. And I said, you know, I'm, I remember you, but you know, I never said anything. And they, they were actually very cool. Like I understand that line of work could get frustrating. You deal sure, with sure. unruly kids all night, and mm -hmm. but that's your line of work. And if you can't yeah. handle it at a hardcore show, this is what this music does. Yeah. Right? Be prepared for four hours of work, mm -hmm. of serious work. If you, and and there was a one like Guido-ish guy that worked at Lamore. He looked just like he could be driving in his uh, his Iraq Z El Dorado down down. Down 86th Street, and uh -huh. this guy was, you know, I had my guitar, and now I'm in Leeway. I had my guitar on my hand, and I'm walking out of the backstage area. This guy pushed me like six, seven feet. I turned around, I was like, bro, yeah. I don't care how much steroids you're on. I'll, I'll smash you in the head with this Let's Paul. You know, yeah. you know I, I had it out, and then Joe Starr, the sound man, sort of got between us. He was mm -hmm. like, Mike, just just keep well going. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him. He's, I said, I understand his job is difficult. Believe me, I understand. But don't be a dick. I, don't, I mean, from the back, he didn't even push me for... I, I couldn't even I was walking out mm -hmm. and he pushed me launched me because the show was over yeah he just wanted the people out oh he wanted the God. people out of, out of the club he was like a Guido-ish guy yeah, yeah he guy's a jerk off yeah because I asked Injun Joe big Injun Joe I said well you know I said Joe you when when uh, that guy get rid of that guy that guy that guy's gonna cause you guys more problems than you need mm -hmm. right and then you know that's that yeah <laughs> so that was your last night with Leeway I but, never knew that but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you did the reunion 
I'm was, sorry? Did, were, you, were you involved with the reunion and everything like that as well? Uh, later on? Oh, yeah, I, I, I was on the tour, but I, I didn't put it together. I got yeah. a call from AJ and Bogey one day. Right, Listen, right, right. Uh, we're going to do a reunion tour. Because I didn't know, how long was that tour? Uh, that was about a month in Europe. Okay. You guys, were, you played with Terra and stuff like that on that. Yeah, Terra was on the on, on the road on. Uh, we we hooked up with some uh, stadium shows actually, mm. which were, was nice with Motorhead and Celtic Frost. Wow. And AF was on some of the bills. We hooked up with some of the because AF will fill up anything over there. Yeah. Uh, we hooked up with some. Uh, uh, we got onto some opening slots for Madball and AF. I think if I memory serves correctly. Um. Uh, it was, it was, that was a fun tour. Yeah, that was like 06 the tour. time frame. Yeah, it was 06. It was July, uh, July of 06 or yeah, June uh, or July? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. But I saw you guys with Inhuman and... and right, when we did the logo shows. That was right. cool. Yeah. Yeah, at CB's. That was the last time I saw you in person. And yeah, that was the last time I saw, obviously, that lineup of Leeway. But now, you had just mentioned... Right, we're gonna. I want to veer off here. They're a great band, Inhuman. Mm-hmm. I also yeah, they've been around for a long time. Band. Yeah, Mike Scandano and me. Oh, my, yeah, all the Scan brothers are yeah, great. Yeah, they're great guys. But me and Mike, that was my first band. We were like 87, 88. That's what you, you were a charter member, if I'm yeah, well, a former no, no, member. No, no, I was I was in a band with him called Close Call uh, when we were like, we were kids. We were like 15 years wow, old, 16 even... years old. And uh, we were from this neighborhood, and it was it was the first real band I was in. Okay, and, okay. and we recorded at Don Fury's. We recorded a couple of demos. But anyway, Mike is still a great friend, and uh, yeah, great people, great band. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, well. You were, saying, <laughs> you were yeah. saying you wanted to veer off? Yeah, I wanted to veer off. Unless, unless I mean, we could always... Uh, well, I want to touch on Leeway after this whole part, mm-hmm. but... I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read some stuff and I'm gonna go and just correct me if I'm wrong with sure. any of this, okay? Because I might be. I hope I'm not. But this is why I have notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, it's good to be prepared. It, it was kind of like a good little segue because you said something about Guido-ish guy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Bing! All right, this is a good segue. <laughs> All right, now it's gonna sound a little bit like what the fuck is he talking about? Hey, Lamar was a straighter Guido back yeah. then. Yeah, <laughs> he even smelled nice <laughs> like a Guido back then. I was like, yo, this guy with his cologne. There's a little work. fucking Dracon Noir on there. <laughs> he's, he's wearing Dracon to go to work. Of course and he is. That around. guy's a tool bag, like, isn't he? He didn't last long. I never saw of him after that in a while because I think Joe might have just said you're out of here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking of Guidos, now I'm gonna bring it back. All right. December 19th, 1985 was the Howard Beach incident. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Where four individuals, Cedric Sandiford, Timothy Grimes, Kurt Sylvester, and Michael Griffith, their car broke down all the way down on Cross Bay Boulevard in Howard Beach. Um, Kurt Sylvester stayed with the broken down car while the other three went to go find help, go to find... Maybe somebody to jump their car or to get water for their radiator. Mm-hmm. Okay. They wind up going to New Park Pizza and having a slice of pizza, getting into an altercation with a bunch of Guidos from Howard Beach. Um, one of them ran away. One of them got beat up really bad. And Michael Griffith runs from these, from these like five, I believe there was four kids. Michael Griffith runs away from them, runs onto the Belt Parkway, gets hit and killed by a car on the Belt Parkway. The person who runs the court officer's union to this day supposedly hid that vehicle that killed that kid 
because the driver of that car was the son of another court officer. Um, I, I think, if memory serves correctly, the driver of the car was right. an off-duty court officer himself. Okay. That's what I always okay. uh, remembered. All right, see, I, I read a little bit, and that could be it, but I thought it was that the, the kid was a son of a court officer. Uh, possibly. Right. I, I, I was always... I mean, there's not much difference there anyway. Oh, my, 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 you know, my right, son. Right, right, right. I think it was a court officer, an off-duty court officer. He was coming back from a date. Supposedly. Right. Yeah, he wasn't charged yeah, with anything because he was just driving. He just yeah. flies out under the belt and he hits him. Right. But the guy who runs the union that you are no longer involved with hid that vehicle in his garage for several weeks and there's like a little fucking like a little corrupt nonsense going on with that trial at the time which the Howard Beach incident I remember I was only 10 years old but I remember that shit because it was fucking everywhere oh yeah I was 17 Uh, yes so um yeah and uh so so the reason why I'm bringing that up is to kind of segue into what I was thinking of is the real reason you're here, except for the leeway stuff, is mm-hmm. to basically let your voice be heard. If you want to say anything, you could say whatever you want. You don't have to say whatever, but I'm going to try to have this shit go out there so that possibly people are exposed, if that's not the right word. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... Um, I'm not saying you, you have are, to I, talk shit. You, know, you, you, could do, you could say whatever you want, but I know that this is a fucking fucked up story. What happened to you? Right. Well, it, all right. Leeway's over. Life goes on. Everybody goes out and grows old and gets their real jobs. You know, if you're not, if you didn't turn into Metallica, you need a source of income and you have to work. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I always worked. I've been working since I'm 11 years old. And it, funny story. Everybody always watching me hauling beer like down steps in Brooklyn in a store and be like, "You dude, you're Leeway. What are you doing with the job, man?" I'm like, yeah. "I'm like, listen, it's it's not the business you think it is. Yeah, yeah. People it's a think business. It, yeah. If you have a record, you're rich. People think exactly. You're a back then, kid. it was like you have a record out on a yeah. shit on shelves and you you work. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I have to work. Yeah, of I don't I don't earn uh, Billy Joel's money. You know, exactly. what do you think this is, man? Yeah. And anyway, uh, I used to be uh, a state court officer for years, and um. The uh, the president of the union, his name is Dennis Quirk. Yes, um, he's all over the fucking Howard Beach inside. I googled Howard Beach and say he's. All oh over. yeah, well he he, uh, he thwarted a federal investigation by hiding a vehicle that had you know fingerprints on it that the NYPD uh, for Phoenix Lab wanted to dust for, and he he just hid the vehicle from the feds and the NYPD to search for evidence, even though the guy wasn't guilty. The, the, you know, the, the vehicle hit Michael Griffith and they wanted to take as much evidence well, yeah. off physical evidence. But he's evidence hiding it because he needs to protect his cop boys. He, he, right. Who knows? He's hiding it in the interest of the court officer, but it's it, it was the wrong way to go. You don't right. tell the feds, I'm not I'm not letting you investigate this vehicle. I'm not letting you do your, uh, your crime scene analysis on this vehicle because I'm just not letting you. Mm-hmm. But that's how politically connected he is. He's a very powerful, politically, locally politically connected union boss slash politician. He's, they call him the king of courts. Yeah, he runs the courts. He runs the entire courts. And he's not elected. Oh, no, no. He gets, uh, he, he's the king of the courts. It's a dictatorship. It's, it's, it's no short of Nazi Germany. It, it's really not. Wow. It's, it, it, he, he's Heinrich Himmler and... The rank, the troops are among, may I compare them to the Waffen-SS, because mm. 
You don't question. It's like Adolf Hitler. You don't question this guy. You don't. Right. Right. And that should happen in '85. Have a nice life. That should happen in '85, and he was already there. So I don't know how many years before that he was there. It's 2018. He's still there. Mm -hmm. There's no ballots that get mailed out. There's no triannual elections like normal unions. It's just he runs the show. That's the way he organizes it. But he's that politically connected. Nobody. Nobody fucks with him. If you're a court officer and you go up against him, your life is going to change for the worst. That is a fact. But uh, he, his first vice president of the union, grew up in my neighborhood, Middle Village, Queens, New York. Okay. I know the guy my whole life. You know, I'm an acquaintance of him. I know he was older. He was about five or six years older than I am. But I, I know him through you know, you know, little kids playing the big kids softball like neighborhood games and stuff. And and I became a court officer. I said, hey, you know, I saw him in a bar. His, his, uh, I'll just give him his name is John. I said, John, I'm, I'm going through the court officer hiring process. This is back in '99. And he's like, oh, cool, you know, let me know when you get in. Who's not going to, I'm being honest in front of everybody, who's not going to use a hook? Right. So I called my hook and I said, hey, man, I'm in the academy. He goes, oh, you want to work in Queens? I was like, of course, I'm from Queens. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Fine, I have a career in Queens. Everything's great. He had a bad falling out with this first vice president and they, they scored, you know, he got sent to the Bronx, like um, Dennis Cork had him transferred up to the Bronx, extending his commute by two hours each way, you know, something wow. like that. But, uh, they had a bad falling out, and this guy's like some sort of sociopath. He, he goes after all of his friends, and he, he knows I was one of his contacts, or as we say, contract in the business. Mm-hmm. And the guy just made up a, a bullshit charge against me of insubordination and misconduct. And uh, an anonymous witness saw me draw my firearm on another court officer. Five guys went down to the inspector general's office and testified. Nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. Nobody even, it was during, it was, it allegedly happened in the lunchroom of the building nobody everybody's reading their newspapers nobody even raised their head nobody there was no argument no loud voices no video footage nothing but oh an anonymous witness saw this so you uh you know you have to go to the ig's office give a statement now i have to transfer you and remove your firearm privileges and wow and the guy just um fine i get transferred to brooklyn which is fine i know the i know the area is great brooklyn when i was living in queens no problem brooklyn and queens family courts they were the same distance i was like Mm -hmm. okay whatever Mm -hmm. Go to Brooklyn, great. You know, I, I was stricken with Crohn's disease when I was 22 years old mm-hmm. at the end of leeway, thank God, because I would have never lasted all that long. All that touring and stuff with a condition like this, I, I, I it was brutal on my body. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's, you know it's, I, it's, it was controlled with medication. I was mm-hmm. able to control it, like, with certain kinds of medication. And it just started getting a lot worse. Like, you know, when you have that stress of my... my my union president is out to screw my, destroy my life for, mm-hmm. for simply knowing his former vice, for, for being an acquaintance mm-hmm. of his former vice president. This guy's out to destroy my life for no reason. Right. I, I, I didn't do anything to this guy. I, I never said a word to him. I said good morning to the guy once in 2003 when he came to the courthouse. You know, and I was sending doctor's letters to them. I was having doctor, you know, doctor, my doctors were writing letters to these people, to the Office of Court Administration and to the union. Look, this guy's going to freaking pretty much end at mm-hmm. a young age. If you don't get him closer to home, he's having a very hard time dealing with liver disease and Crohn's disease. And it's rectal cancer. It's killing him. Mm-hmm. You know, the commute, why I was explaining to you before we, we went online, mm-hmm. that like the two hour commute, I, I was under doctor's orders to move out of the city just to, anything to help you, breathe cleaner air, 
right. uh, uh, a calmer lifestyle in Comac, New York. It's all, as you said, you know, you're yep. familiar with some of the areas in, in, in Suffolk. It's a lot calmer than living around here. One of my best friends lives in Comac. Yeah. And, and, and it's it's a totally different, like, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always a city boy. I'm always going to be a Queens kid. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was more relaxing and it was better for me. And... But I was getting sicker, the commute was brutal, and every time I requested a transfer, every time a doctor of mine from the Mount Sinai School of Medicine requested a transfer, the Office of Code Administration ignored it because this guy was behind it saying, that guy doesn't get transferred anyway. That guy stays where he is, and that's the end of it. Wow. And, and I, I, you know, the proof is right there. If that was being sent to the major's office. The proof, real, real Real doctors' letterheads and do, you know doctors' recommendations and listen if you you know phone calls were made if this this guy's got to get closer to home mm-hmm. just just so he can survive and eventually the, the, I just kept getting refused guys that got on the job five and six years after me were getting their transfers before me <laughs> like oh, it was just it's such a like blatant right. like oh my god it's a slap just, in the face yeah, right. it's, it's just like the guy's talking to you see his name isn't. You can't even t- bring a lawsuit against him because his name isn't attached to everything, mm. and or, or to anything. His name mm. isn't attached to anything. It's other people signing your transfer orders and signing your right. your reprimands and your, your misconduct forms. Mm-hmm. It's other people because he's telling them, mm-hmm. if you don't do this, mm-hmm. you high level OCA person. That's mm-hmm. the Office of Court Administration. I made your father a judge twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and you want to become a judge. I'll make sure you don't become a judge, and as a matter of fact, I'll make sure you work somewhere upstate, and I'll I'll ruin your father's career while I'm in the process. Mm-hmm. Whatever whatever's left in his career, mm-hmm. you know. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's right. And uh, it's just. It's but don't they know that he's doing that? He's the one that's oh, the, the, the top guy who's doing that. But there's no actual. Is it just verbal? There's no fucking actual way to to trace back that the fucking orders. To be a scumbag is from this guy. Absolutely not, I'm because sorry. He's, he's his name isn't signed to any documents. He'll get on the phone, uh, you know, a line that's not recorded, of course, like a la- uh, a landline or yeah, a, a secure line. He, the guy used to call me in the middle of my courtroom and yell at me for for, for, for submitting transfer orders, mm-hmm. and you know that line's not. There's no recording in that line, and you can't even like. You're you're in the middle of a of a trial and you got to pay attention to what's going on in your courtroom in case a guy freaks out or something. The guys yell at me on the phone I'm like, "Who needs this?" You know. But he uses their system to screw people because mm-hmm. he he threatens they, these people as well. He says to them, "Listen, I did this for you. You're in your cushy position because I know your dad and I got you this cushy position on the twenty third floor. Do you like it? If you don't, you screw this guy Gibbons bad. Mm-hmm. If you don't." Your life's gonna change. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get as worse as I'm making his. His name isn't attached to anything, but everyone knows. No one comes out for you. It's crickets. No court officer wants to go up against this guy. Mm-hmm. No, everyone's fucking scared of this exactly. guy. Exactly. And a lot of guys have. I, a lot of guys yeah, have children and homes. They, they sure, don't want to. Sure. This guy, Jim. This guy's five foot two, six thousand pounds. Five mm-hmm. foot nothing, six thousand pounds. He got the. Sh- the living crap slapped out of him on the streets of Bay Ridge in the 60s when he was growing up. So he has some sort of... So he has a little big man fucking complex. Right. He has some sort of uh, mental deficiency, like, you know, I'm going to screw somebody that's that doesn't deserve it because I got picked on my whole life. Yeah, because he mm-hmm. reminds me of the guy who used to give me wedgies and swirlies. Yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever, you know. Fuck. But that's that's where we're at, and um, I'm just... I mean, I'm, I'm taking legal action against mm-hmm. the Office of Code Administration. Good. I'm still waiting for my... But... The case is being delayed. 
it's just being unnecessarily delayed and we know who's behind it. Someone's making a phone call saying, just keep pushing it back on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Push it back. Just they're, they're, they're waiting for me to die off so mm -hmm. they could just like be like, all right, that's over. Mm -hmm. That's what they're waiting for. What so, fucking scumbags. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I apologize to the listeners. I'm sure you didn't want to be... If it, well, no. hopefully... Yeah, we, we get into some shit on here. Don't worry about I, it. You know, I know people tuned in for leeway, but if any of you listeners yeah. are in Not unions or you're, you know, you're, you're having difficulty with your union bosses or, or your management bosses, just take it, take, take it from me. Uh, just be careful, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're always better off letting certain things go and just... just but when someone screws at you that badly... Right. I mean, I was stuck in Brooklyn. That's fine. I worked in Brooklyn. When I started getting sicker... Mm -hmm. To the point where I couldn't get out of bed in the morning anymore. That's when I was requesting my transfer orders. Right, and they were just like, "No, you're not. No, no." Can you take us through your uh, through how you got sick and then all the surgeries and uh, whatever yeah. happened and where you're at now? You know, with your health. It was her it's hereditary. The mm. Gibbons family. Uh, I'm first generation born. Everyone else is Irish. Every, my okay. entire family comes from Ireland, from the other side. Okay, my mother and my father included. We're the first generation. My my brother and my sister. Crohn's disease was prevalent on my father's side because okay. some idiot Gibbons back in 1847 ate a bad potato and screwed all of us. Wow. <laughs> he, he got so hungry, he had to eat one of the bad potatoes during the uh, Great Hunger, quote-unquote. Wow. And that that started a catalyst of uh, mm. and, uh, an infection in the system, in the, in the digestional, uh, the, I'm sorry, the digestive tract mm -hmm. for some of us in... Uh, Crohn's yeah, I, you know, it's textbook case. I got it when mm -hmm. I was 22 years old. Most people get it in their early 20s, and mm -hmm. it's hereditary. And um, eventually, cancer developed in the large intestine while I was on the job as a code mm -hmm. and they had to remove it. They were like, listen, if this thing doesn't come as out, you're dead. As a result of Crohn's disease? Yeah. That they, they, they are related? They oh, without related? a doubt. Okay. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, okay. what, what, you know, going to work every day and realizing you're being watched just for one misstep, mm -hmm. one screw-up, and you're Fuck. out of here. Like, like my own union president is out to get me and using whatever resources he can and he has a lot of them mm -hmm. and the office of court administration who wouldn't even know my name i was a good employee i have excellent pro uh, uh progress reports uh conduct reports i have excellent evaluation reports from my commanding officers and you know and all of a sudden i'm this bad guy that does bad things and i'm getting accused of misconduct and, and pointing my fire on people my question is, if I pointed my firearm at somebody, mm -hmm. why wasn't I immediately arrested by other court officers in the right. room? That's menacing. That's in the penal law. Yeah. If right. I pointed my firearm at another court officer, somebody should have got up and said, yo, drop that gun with yeah. their guns drawn. Right, right. right. It never happened. Nobody raised their eye. Nobody batted an eye. People were reading the newspaper. The TV was on. We were talking about the Mets. Mm -hmm. The TV was on. But the surgeries were required. I, I needed my large intestine removed. Mm -hmm. So I, now I'm stuck with that ostomy bag. Mm -hmm. And then... There was some cancerous tumors that were pushing against my abdomen, mm -hmm. which if you see uh, some of those pictures... I did see a picture of it. Of, of, of how big it is. And that's, that's what they call when your liver is in absolute distress, when it's on its last legs, it creates a, a liquid called ascites. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was filling up with, ascites. Now, mm -hmm. they had to open that up and get that out of there. They had to remove that tumor. Mm -hmm. And then... The third surgery was just for me to be reconnected. Mm -hmm. Like, I only have one intestine in my body right now. It's right. a small intestine. They, they took the bag off and they reconnected my intestine. I just want to say a shout-out thank you to Bobby Sinke, one of my, my wow. best friends. He's from Greenpoint. 
he started an online petition for me, like, yo, because a lot of doctors wouldn't even touch me. Mm -hmm. Even at Mount Sinai, they were like, no, your liver needs a, tr you need a transplant before we can do any more surgeries. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look, I'll sign anything. I'll, I'll risk my life. I don't care. I cannot wear this bag. I don't know how people wear ostomy bags. God bless you. It was not for me. Mm -hmm. And one, uh, a friend of mine, Joe Kettle, his name is Joe Kettle, lives in Florida now, but he comes from, um, uh, um, he grew up in Central Islip. He found a, a girl he went to school with who's now a top surgeon in Mount Sinai, and she did it for me. So wow. thanks to Joe and Bobby for putting everything on the roll and getting me back to sort of normal. Wow. I mean, I'm still, I'm still re in recovery. I will be for my whole life. I'm never mm -hmm. going to be the man I was. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if I take a shot to the abdomen in a fight, I'm done, man. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I, 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 you know, we all grew up at scrappers and bars. It was fun. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah, you, you fought for fun. Like, yeah. But if somebody, yeah. I, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. it's a Tuesday night. Someone looked at you know, me wrong. Uh, it's gonna I, be a bar brawl. Bro, I see guys like Rat Bones in the circle at 50 years of age, and God yeah. bless them, love Rat Bones. No, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. But I can't go moshing with Rat Bones. No. I can't do it because of my abdomen. Right. If, if if I get an accidental kick to the gut, I'm done, man. Yeah. I'm done. Wow. And when my, you know, when the picture of my first surgery appeared on the internet. You know, things started moving. I was approved for my disability pension, which should have been my real pension. He should have just cut me loose from my, the pension I deserved. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's him in the back corner saying, give him the littlest amount of anything, any benefits he deserves. The guy canceled my union benefits, my dental and vision benefits, even while I was on the, on the, on the, on the clock still, on the job. Uh, he refused me my sick bank, uh, uh, what they call sick bank... Um, you should be fucking entitled to that shit somehow or another, man. I, I, I should be, but I'm not because this guy runs it and there's nothing you can do to prove that he's behind it because mm -hmm. his name isn't signed to anything. Wow. Fuck. The only thing it says is in the article on August 10th, 2003, that King of Course article is that it actually says the Office of Court Administration delegates certain responsibilities to Dennis Quirk, such as the assignment of overtime and the tra overseeing of the transfer of employees. They let him do this. Mm. That is a contradiction and is against the rules of the American Federation of Labor. Mm. He has a conflicting interest in management. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't be. He's supposed to be looking out for court officers. He's the first guy to screw court officers. Wow. That he just doesn't like because a gnat got in your eye and you sneezed in his direction. Mm -hmm. This guy's a maniac, a sociopath, a, a real... All the, all the crap he must have caught when he was a fat little kid. Yeah. Definitely sunk into his head. Right. And, and he's taking it out on people because he has... He comes from a politically connected family in the mm. first place. Right, right, right. So... Wow. That's that. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, even early on, like like what I mentioned before. Like this guy is fucking hiding fucking critical fucking evidence in one at the time in one of the biggest fucking stories to come out of the city with the Howard Beach incident. Like, isn't that, that right there? That should have been like a fucking black eye to this guy's career. Yeah, but yeah. he 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 he. You know, Charles Hines was a district attorney at the time. Him and Charles Hines are like that. Crossing my fingers for the folks who can't see. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he runs his campaign. He, he, he managed his campaign from the union office, which is also against the law. But, you know, it's, this is what he does. The whole fucking thing is all fucking... It's, it's fucked up, man. Yeah. So that's what... It's uh, corrupt and it's fucked up. It's incredibly corrupt. So that's why any, any youngins out there that are listening and are part of a union, you know... Mm -hmm. It's, it's employment is not as gainful as it was once in, in the 50s, especially union employment. So, you know, if something's bothering you and you, and, and you want to file a grievance mm -hmm. and this and that, I'm, I'm just telling you, you know, from my experience with what I thought was supposed to protect me, just just think about it unless it's really, really, really detrimental to you, mm -hmm. you know. And where are you, where are you now, like, as far as, like, 
employment. Oh, I'm retired. They forced retired. me into re they forced me into retirement. Wow. Okay. They said we'll give you your sick bank a lot. We'll give you your six your sick bank benefit mm -hmm. if you prove to us you filed for social security disability and retirement disability. Mm -hmm. So I have a mortgage to pay and mm -hmm. bills to pay, and I, I had they had me right there. You know, they mm -hmm. had me right there, mm -hmm. and I had to I, I I had to file for retirement. I got a three quarter. I, I I mean I'm sorry. I should have been given a three quarter disability pension because all this happened while I was on the job at work. Mm -hmm. uh, they cut me loose with with a standard crappy disability pension and it took me years to get social security years right yeah, yeah. so i was living on peanuts for years wow know? wow okay so so and now you're at a point where you are taking legal action but you're in the process of waiting obviously oh, because the, the case was filed five years ago yeah i mean i mean that and it's somebody and the, somebody's in the wings that. sure man i'm filing against the office court administration sure in their own system mm -hmm. it's like a lose-lose situation right. and they right. haven't offered any kind of settlement or any kind of uh, they offered a settlement. Okay. My attorney went Not back to, get, to them. You know, I have to discuss this. If over the settlement, my attorney went back to them. Nothing. Mm -hmm. They they said they wanted this done by September of last year of 2017. Right. right. Nothing. Crickets. Wow. <laughs> and it's a year. Uh, you know, I was disposed a year ago in April. Interviewed by their attorney. Wow. It's a year later. Nothing happened. So they're just wow. they're just pushing it, hoping uh, hoping mm -hmm. I'm gonna die off. But you know what's you, but you know what's awesome is that you're doing better. Mm -hmm. Well. I... It, it, it's still, I, 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 people say, man, all you've been through, you look good. And on the inside, it's still, it's still a, a, a I, mess. It's I a ticking you. time bomb in there. My liver is cirrhosed. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, everybody used to introduce me as the alcoholic. And the alcoholic of the band, remember, he said, right there, Mike Gibbons, because I lived on Heineken beer. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I drank, I drank, I was a weekend warrior. I wasn't a drinker during the week, but like when we went out, man, I was, yeah, I was fucking, I you, you're young, you're yeah, in a fucking, was, you're in a band, you're I, on I, the I road. I would go through a case of Heineken at Lamore, before 1 a.m., I'd mm. drink 24 bottles probably, wow. at least 20. Holy yeah. shit. I was, I, and I'd get hammered. I really would. I'd, I'd get disgustingly drunk, and it was, you know, I had girls leave me for that, breaking up with me and stuff, mm. and I didn't stand, of course, but, well, yeah. you know, I, I was a drinker when, when, when Friday and Saturday came around. Yeah. I cracked that, and I, you know, I would go walking up to the top bar at Lamore, and uh, the bartenders would see me, like, dizzy, and, oh, she was the waitress at the time, but some of the bartenders, uh, you know, they just throw a coaster down. Alex, even though he was the DJ, Alex Kane, Alex mm -hmm. sometimes would throw the Heineken coaster right in front of me. I know where you're going to be all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, Alex, I remember him. I see him every now and again. Yeah, oh, I, I saw him at the Alago World premiere. That's he right. Was there. Well, I, mean, I, I remember Alex when I first walked into Lamar, the A band called Profit was playing. Alex, mm. Alex was DJing there since eighty, yeah. eighty-one. Yeah, man, that's crazy. You know, but so uh, crazy. I th thank you guys for your interest and thank you for the time to explain myself. No, well, yeah, I, that no was going to ask. Like, how uh, do you have any suggestions on another way, possibly how we can get your story told? Because I think that people need to fucking know this shit. Mm -hmm. I uh, did a video interview last July with a friend. Uh, and, plus friend because, and plus, you know, for me personally also, it's like, I don't hate cops in general, but the scumbag cops, and he's a scumbag cop at the end of the day. Mm. Isn't he? Well, it's yeah, a he's a total scumbag. I, he's not much of a cop. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that right now. And, mm -hmm. he, you know, I always said, that, you know, look at our union president. He's five foot nothing, 8,000 pounds. Mm. Right. You know, th this is what is being portrayed to the public. This right. guy's representing court officers. That's why you're not getting raises, uh, fellas. This is why our contracts are terrible, because this guy can't deliver you a good contract. He's in bed with them. He's, he's pocketing the money that you should be seeing. But when people look at this guy and what he looks like, you know. you have any kids, Mike? Uh, no, I don't. I, I okay. mean, I, I, I wanted children. Okay. But the doctors recommended to me with your with your conditions, right. 
your kid, your offspring is definitely going to, you have such a bad strain of Crohn's disease, your offspring is definitely going to get it. Mm. Now, my wife was still like, I don't care. You know, medication might be better than, mm -hmm. you know, let's just try. I said, I'm not going to put anybody through what I went through. I'm not doing right. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm just not right. going to put a kid through what I went through. I'm just, right. you know, touring with this. I, I mean, it was only in the last year I was leeway. Well, it was, yeah, the last year and a half. But touring with it was horrible, man. Mm -hmm. I'm I, and, and I'll never forget this. In Berlin, I had the crap so bad. Mm -hmm. We're in Berlin. SO36, that club. There's thousands of people there, whatever it is. One stool. <laughs> End of the night. Guy sitting on the stool. My knees are shaking now because I had the shit so bad. I pulled this guy off the stool. I said, I'm sorry, in English. And he said, oh, American, what are you doing? He was pissed off. I pulled him off the stool. And while I'm letting it out, this guy starts teeing off on me, which I can't blame him because I pulled him off the stool. Mm -hmm. This guy's swinging at me, connecting with me. I'm like this. Wow. I, uh, I'm putting my head in my knees for the listeners. <laughs> this guy's just teeing off on me. And I yeah. said, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not even going to retaliate because this mm. feels so good the way it came out. Now I'm mm. so relieved and let him beat the crap out of me. I don't care. Yeah. And I tried to explain to him in English. I couldn't speak German. I was like, I have intestine problem. Sorry. Like, mm. I'm sorry. You know, ich, ich sorry. Ich bin I'm sorry. Yeah. I was trying to say anything. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I said, I didn't mean to pull you off the stool, but I had to go really bad. <laughs> but that, that, that's yeah, would the guy rather you shit in his lap? <laughs> I know, but I, I could have went on the floor and the sink or whatever. But like that, 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 that's my luck. Somebody would come into, you want to wash their hands. I'm shitting in the sink. They'd punch me too. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man, it's awesome. But having a guy, having a disease like Crohn's disease sucks because you are dependent on an outside facility for relief. Mm -hmm. If there's no bathroom around, you, that's it. I mean, I've I've held it like because you're young when you're young and strong, you can hold it in. Mm -hmm. And but it's hard. It's like a spasm. So right. the you world is your toilet. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go. It's crazy, <laughs> man. Wow. But I've had it for twenty-seven years. I'm so used to it now. Mm -hmm. and I, I can't even remember the last time it was like when everybody takes a, a crap a day. That's normal. Right. <laughs> I can't even remember what it was like when I used to be normal. <laughs> so so wow. how did that affects how did does, how do you how do you deal with that? Do you have to change your diet? Your diet has oh to be yeah, very yeah, specific. Yeah. And it, I had the, the strand is so bad whether I ate a chocolate endem, a box of chocolate endemans or mm. whether I eat uh, grilled chicken cutlet is going to be the same thing. Okay. Sure, chocolate and certain things aggravate it more, mm. but you're pretty much uh, screwed. Wow. <laughs> and, and you don't you have eat. a large intestine, so that's, that's that that's, sort of did help. That had to come out because it saved my life. But like you know, there's still Crohn's disease in the small, excuse me, the small intestine, and the liver is what I'm really. OCA really destroyed my liver by not, by not honoring a, a disabled American, a transfer. They broke federal laws by not doing this. Wow. Fuck. And I have a, a, I did a video on YouTube. It's on YouTube. The link is on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube page, just punch in Mike Gibbons. Michael Gibbons. You'll, you'll, you'll get to the YouTube page and you'll see the, you know, dis discrimination, corruption, New York State courts. You'll I see the link there. Yeah. Right. I watched and it. If you want to forward that, that would yeah, be it's great. About, it's, yeah, about sure. a, it's about 11 minutes yes, long it's, it's, like it, that. If you have a little time, folks, one night and you want to watch something, it's a, it's a more detailed interview. We're just shooting the shit right now, and it's mm -hmm. great, and I thank the guys for their interest. This will tell you more in detail. Uh, Mike Belmont uh, did the interview for me, and um, this will tell you more in detail what I've been through and everything else. Yeah, I'll know. share it. When, when, when we put this episode out, sure. I'll, I'll share it. I'll, we'll put the link in the description of the episode and I'll also share it everywhere. That'd be great. Whatever, whatever you guys could do because 
they're playing very hardball with me. They're not. They're not settling. They're just waiting for me to die. So I got. No, you know, I was. I was I've been so pacing for eight years, just quiet, right, hanging right. out, and eight and a half years, and now, now I'm just. Somebody's got to, you know. Answer for what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, answers something. This mm. this whole fucking. I'm gonna put your paperwork at the bottom of the pile, then it comes up, and I'm gonna put your shit back underneath, and just prolonging shit because that's the fucking. It's within the same fucking system. Yeah, they it's have the not power, even they have the power to do that. They flat out send you letters. Refused. Mm -hmm. Refused. Your sick bank uh, request has been denied. Mm -hmm. uh, sincerely, so and so. And it's like, you know, no reason for the denial, no anything. Just get denied. Goodbye. It's just everything's a delay tactic and, mm -hmm. and refusals. Hopefully, mm -hmm. hoping that you won't give up. Hopefully, that you will give up. Hoping that you'll give up and just die off. Mm -hmm. That's That's their. It's, you know. It's corporate America. Is what yeah, it is. It is right, and corruption is corruption is, is everywhere. It's really nothing you can do about. It's very, it's very sad that uh, you know we have systems that if they did function properly and honestly, they would work great. Absolutely, but they don't it, it, because they're corrupt, and this is a, a perfect example of that, and how it affects people and on, on a personal on a on a, a person's life, just like that. And what's his name again? His last name is Quirk. Q-U-I-R-K. What's yeah. his full name? Dennis W. Quirk. Dennis W. Quirk. Now, here's a guy that wasn't gaining any monetary value. So if, any, so if anybody any is payment? listening and they want to be fucking, and they want to, you know. Well, maybe anything. Maybe you can harass him a no, little no, no, bit. No, no, don't, don't incite any of that. We don't, yeah, we don't condone any of that. No, I'm not, not doing any of that. No, I'm saying like you know, like maybe send them an email. Uh, uh, there is no email. I'm not, uh, you can't there's no it. email. No, no I'm not saying harass them like, like well, yell. Be clear about what you're this saying. Union. Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying I don't know. Maybe you could fucking call his office and be like, know, listen, that might just this union is in so this union is so secretive. Mm -hmm. It's fucking there's no crazy. way to contact him. He doesn't want you contacting him. He doesn't want. I wonder why. The the, the, the last when I was on the job, the last booklet of union bylaws we received was from 2003 to 2007 the bylaws from 2003 to 2007 this guy doesn't update when you go through the bylaws which is again against the american federation of labor there's not even a description on how to file a charge against your union mm. fuck there's not it's not even in there i went through it hand and tooth comb yeah it tells you how to file a grievance against through the union against the U.S. administration, but if you want to file a grievance feeling you were not represented properly, that's not even in there. It's not even in there. It's like tough shit. The, the in a roundabout way. The New York State Court has as many unions statewide, and the counties have their different unions, Suffolk and Nassau, and, and, but in the city, it's either you're the Supreme Court Officers Union or you're the New York State Court Officers Association, which mm -hmm. is the power, most powerful one, which Dennis runs. If you go to that union, you're under Cork's umbrella. He's the dictator for life. It's it's nothing short of a modern day. I can't say Nazi Germany because the people, the, the, the public's not involved. But it's it's like Heinrich Himmler and the Waffen SS. Yeah. Don't question me. Go out and persecute and kill and don't do any. Don't question me. Just do what I tell you, or else you're gonna have a problem. Hmm. Huh. And and that's fine. I I was working that. I I was doing this for years. I never had a problem with the guy. I would show up to work every day and go home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never abused my time. I was a model employee. And this guy just didn't like me because I was an acquaintance of his former vice president from the same neighborhood. Uh, I uh, I don't know if I should apologize for my parents uh, flying to Middle Village and living in Middle Village in Queens. Sorry, <laughs> sorry for living in Middle Village. Oh I mean, God. It was yeah. my parents' decision, not mine. <laughs> it's ah. ridiculous. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. So yeah, when ridiculous. you do, when you're taking legal action, it's not a, it's not against him personally, obviously because right. he's not anywhere. Right. There's no proof to right. hold him in he's court. He's like Oz 
behind the curtain. He's the, the great, powerful Oz, exactly. Right. And that's what Good everybody analogy, calls John. him. He's the man. Everybody knows, and and I, and I understand he's the man behind the curtain. I know he runs things. Mm -hmm. That's why I had to accept the guilty plea. Right. I took a plea on his recommendation and counsel, Dennis, Dennis Kirk's counsel, because if I didn't. I would have been set up at a hearing, mm -hmm. and they would have had some court officer come out and say, I saw him point his firearm at another court officer. Mm -hmm. Even though it didn't happen, right. somebody would have came out mm -hmm. and lied at the hearing, mm -hmm. because Dennis would have said, if you don't do this, mm -hmm. or this is what's going to happen to you, or if you do do this against Gibbons, you're like, your career is going to go well. Mm -hmm. Your career will be a little easier than everybody right. else's. You know? So just, he's just like... Moving pawns around the, the yeah. I was just gonna that's say that's all. Yeah, he's 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 the king, and right. That's it. That's all of his pawns. Wow. Well, man, I hope there is a light at the end of this tunnel that's coming up soon for you, man. Yeah, man. This is really really that. terrible to hear. And uh, yeah, man, just the court system in general. It's well, you know. Yeah, you I, know, I worked I mean, there for the process. Years. It's it's like a machine. It just you get put into it. It doesn't matter how hard you try. You're just you're just a cog in that machine and you have to wait for your turn or for the machine to it they don't you know it's a good point you make because i, I could tell true. everybody if you uh, you know i only worked in the family court system mm -hmm. and family court is is brutal if you if 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 you're splitting up with your girl and you have a child between you uh always try your hardest to work it out amongst yourself because once your life gets into that court system that's it. that is so funny you're it's saying crazy. that it's it, it really it's not good for the child because it's, it's i just, go ahead i'm sorry i if it's if it's a personal thing jim i understand uh, no no, no. Uh, it's funny that you're saying that because i recently within the last couple of weeks just finished up with my family court stuff and in here brooklyn jersey oh jersey all right it was jersey. Saying, man, how did i how did i not see you jersey um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into it because it's a full point today. It's, it's just not... I don't, I'll talk about that stuff. It's just not not right now. Um, mm -hmm. It's just because the episode isn't about me and Mike. Because my little court stuff is fucking minuscule to what you've been going through. Mm -hmm. So, because my, mine was actually, under the circumstances, you got to say it was kind of like a pleasure. Because mm -hmm. it could have got really, 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 really ugly. But me and my ex-wife came to a nice agreement good that's right, the way yeah. to do it man. um i hear horror stories of, oh, bro you're gonna get divorced she's gonna take you for everything but she's not getting a dime mm -hmm. my daughter gets some child support and that's it beautiful mm -hmm. it, it it worked out fine my daughter is the happiest she's going to be under the situation right obviously she's a kid and she you know she doesn't like the the whole deal obviously but she's a happy kid She's a fun-loving, great kid, and me and my ex were adults about it because for years I wanted to fucking choke her. Mm. I wanted to because you don't know. It's, right. It's the. Of course. It's we have a child here. You're being a cunt. I'm being stubborn because my emotions are crazy. I don't know what's gonna go. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what you're gonna try to come for. I, you know. So it's all these unknowns. So then we finally just. We went to court, and the judge even said, he's like, listen, you two come to an agreement, or else we're going to come back here on so-and-so date, and then we're going to go to a trial, and one of you isn't going to be happy because it's going to be done by the law of my way. So someone's not going to be happy. Yeah. So my suggestion, the court will, will grant whatever agreement. And it's funny because we went there to, with the whole finalization of it, the judge even says, 
he asks us a few questions as far as were you forced to do this? Well, no, no, no. Right, right. And he even says, I didn't even look over this agreement. That's the allocution. Mm-hmm. I never even looked yeah. it over. It's- but you say you're, you're good with it and you say you're good with it, then the court is good with it. So it saved a lot of time, headache, money, stress, yeah. and if, angst, if and anger for my daughter. Um, if you don't really, like you were saying, if you don't come to some form of agreement and you get trapped into the system, Fuck. that's when things Now really it's the system's right. kid. Right. It's your child biologically, but now it's the system's yes. kid. Right. And, you know, your, yours is a unique case, Jim, because in, in, in the city rip, court yeah. system, yeah. It never, it's usually 80% right. the opposite way. Yeah. Right. Fights and years of long yeah. drive. Right. I, I caution everyone. Well, that's why I'm glad that, they, I mean, obviously every couple or, you know, obviously I, I, I'm divorced now, but mm-hmm. you, have to, you, you have to put the past in the past mm-hmm. and you have to have Absolutely. a clear fucking head and not fucking, not, not react off of your caveman reptilian brain you have to kind of fucking think with a little bit of clarity all right i might not be a fan of my ex fucking wife and and the feelings might be mutual but we have a kid and life's gonna go on because time changes everything like i don't i'm not even mad at my ex girl at my, at my ex-wife anymore it's just right, right. It's like, it, it's the past. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm so indifferent about 95% of everything in my life. It's like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's a way to be, right? Especially yeah. this point of, of your life. Um, Johnny's yeah. trying to cheat and speak no, in my notes. I'm not I'm trying to cheat. I'm just I'm looking. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so, so yeah, so at this point... It is. It. I mean, how, this has been going on for how long with you? For for how long with the legally for about five years. Now. About five years. Uh, and, and 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 there's no immediate end in sight. Not yet. No. Okay. Okay. It's terrible. Next man. next up is trial. So right. We'll see. Wow. Unless they offer a settlement. Unless they and, want to and, come to and the And if it does go to that, then you have to actually wait for trial date. Yeah. Sure. Which yeah. could be forget it. I mean, years. It could be another I mean, year. I, I went through something. You know, my band Candiria. We were on the road. We got hit by a truck and all this. Oh yeah, I remember. I went, oh, yeah. I went through this whole process, and it's years. Oh, of yeah. your life. Oh, years of your. And then you're under a microscope. And they're watching everything you do. Absolutely. And it's just, it's it's Me. it's like a machine. You're up against the machine and right. you have no idea. Welcome you to f- the machine. You feel just because you're right and you're just and, and you have, you know, how you, and I've seen you say it, you have the truth on your side. And that is really the, the strongest thing you have, but you have to persevere. And persevering is not easy. It's not easy when you're dealing with this machine that is well-oiled. They chew people up and they spin them out. The court system, that's what it does. Yeah, that's yep. exactly what it does. It chews you up. It'll ruin your life. Just waiting around, it'll ruin your life. People give up. Like, fuck it, it's not worth it. Well, and I hope that you have the, the wherewithal and the and the strength to just continue on as long as you have to. Because Thank you. I, really, I'll, I'll it's do really, my best. It's really, <laughs> truly, it truly does. Like, these, these, these questions need to be answered and someone has to you know they have to make yeah, this right. They definitely metastasized my illness with all of this. They sure. made my they made my health worse, which was everything to me. All I did was all I loved to do was do pull ups in the park and mm-hmm. where I lived and stay in shape because I would I you know I I always wanted I always enjoyed being in shape and and being able to do things physically. And mm-hmm. when when your health starts, all the money in the world cannot replace your health, man. Nope. It, it really nope. can. And when, and when you get stricken with these illnesses mm-hmm. and you're asking for help, listen, I'm disabled, by, but the federal government is classifying me as disabled and you're not going to accommodate me, mm-hmm. you're breaking the law. Mm-hmm. And why? Because some guy doesn't like me that's overweight and and 10 years late for a heart attack. You know, mm-hmm. this guy, yeah. I can't believe he's still walking around the size of him. Mm-hmm. But, it's like at the end of the day, somebody needs to be held accountable for it. Right, yeah, well, right. 
Yeah. We'll see. Well, Everyone's hopefully. accountable for everything they fucking do. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Well, unless this you, guy apparently. Uh, unless, yeah, unless he's, he's just. He, uh, he, he thinks apparently, I mean, with the whole going back to the whole Howard Beach thing. You know, he'll call the governor that. and tell the governor what to do. That's how powerful this guy is. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll call Andy up, 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 up at the mansion mm-hmm. in Albany and say, listen, this is what's happening. Wow. Fuck. All my, all my constituents and my union and all my guys that I control, they're not voting for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose how many thousands of votes, you know? Right. Wow. That's just the way it is, you know? It's all a game. It's such bullshit. Well, um, anyway, do you want to... Yeah, on, on, on a... On I'm a, sorry. A more not, positive note? I mean, yeah, on a positive note. Silly. Somebody, a mutual friend, I won't mention his name, but he'll listen to this and he'll share it and everything. He wanted me to ask you, what's your little half of obsession with uh, Warren Demontini from Rat? <laughs> Hard to explain. Here we go. Oh boy! All love, right. love metal. Love the heavier metal. Love the love the speed metal. Right. I mean, in, in all honesty, you know, you know, <laughs> you get these people out of my age. I'm 49 years of age. You get people like, man, I was into Metallica from the start. I was like, listen, I didn't even hear Metallica until Ride the Lightning. Right. So don't even you. You grew up with me. Don't I don't I never you remember I don't remember you in Metallica shirts because there were none available in Queens, New York at the time. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So don't even tell me that. I didn't even know of Metallica until right. Ride the Lightning. That was the first one I bought. So was Ride I mean. Lightning. I, my, my, I bought Ride the Lightning and then I realized they have an album before this right. kill them all oh my god so I right. bought that you know a right. month later I yeah. didn't know that and mm-hmm. you know um, <laughs> it's hard I love heavy Black Sabbath I grew up into all the heavier aggressive stuff mm-hmm. when when commercial when metal started getting commercialized it was the hair metal that the record companies were pro and that were bigger yeah. and I, honestly I hated it I did these poisons I was like look yeah. at these Faggots wearing their girlfriends' freaking <laughs> nightstands. Yeah. Look at these pansies, and I don't mean to use the word faggot. I'm not prejudiced. Yeah, yeah, no, no, right? no. But it's, it's been used for so, for 80, 90 years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, look at these freaking pansies with mm-hmm. their tight pants and the long hair. I can't explain it when it comes to rap. Mm-hmm. They just wrote great songs. Uh-huh. And the when I saw the I saw I'll never forget it when I first saw them. <laughs> I saw so them at Don, that Don Curse's Rock Concert, Channel mm-hmm. Four on, on Friday nights or whatever. We were at a friend's sleepover. Remember sleepovers when you were a kid? Of and, course. And we're at Richie's house at a sleepover, and, and I just started playing guitar a year before, and I'm watching this guy play guitar, these solos, round and round, and mm-hmm. you're in trouble. And, and, Dude, out of the cellar, And morning man. after. Way Cool know, Junior, bro. But, and, and this is before Way Cool. Yeah, this, 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 out of the cellar, right? I, yeah, oh, it was 84. And yeah, I'm like, that was the first. right, right, you know the, the, the timeline of, of the band. Of course I but, do. And I'm like, oh my God, man, look at this guy play guitar. Mm-hmm. If you took a band like Rat and took their image away, they would have been considered like a, just a regular like hard rock and roll band. Rock and roll, sure. Puerto metal band with great blues guitar playing influences. Mm-hmm. Every time I looked at Rat buying this record, I was like, God, I'm buying this record and these guys look like everything I stand against. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. And, and, and But I, I got to hear this guy play guitar, man. I got to mm-hmm. hear the new solo. I got to hear mm-hmm. what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Cause he was just a fantastic guitarist. When I first saw that concert, yeah, they were and the the the, the hour after was the Ozzy concert with Jakey Lee, mm-hmm. the the Bark and the Moon tour. I was mm-hmm. just like, look at the, this guy play guitar. This mm-hmm. Warren Dammartini guy. Mm-hmm. He, that's what hooked me into. That's what hooked me onto Rat. Mm-hmm. I all the Britney Fox, all those pansy hair metal bands. I never get. If you if you like hair metal out there, I'm sorry to insult you. That's your hey, great, right? That's great. Have a nice life. I, I I looked at their image alone, and that deterred me from even putting on the right. record. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, but if you sh- if you shut it down and you don't picture 
what they really look like. Mm -hmm. Some of it's actually kind of really cool rock and roll music. Yeah. Rock Even though I don't like the term rock and roll either. Right. But You brought up Motley Crue. I looked yeah. at Shout of the Devil and I said, I'm not buying this. Still crap. like that record. I, I, I gotta be one of the only people in the world that don't like Motley Crue. Mm -hmm. Sure, they're all great riffs. Some of the songs are on, on Shout of the Devil or Too Fast for Love. They're catchy and great songs. Right. But just the image of them alone, I was right. like, I am not purchasing right. this record. I'm not supporting a band that looks like this. Right. When they can easily look like Black Oak, Arkansas, mm. right. and and just play the same great stuff. Right. What I, is uh you, you what do you know anything what what Warren Diamartini is doing now? Well, I went to an in store last. Works April. at Pathmark on 18th Avenue. <laughs> Get out of here. No. <laughs> I went to an in store with him. You can see pictures on my Facebook page. Uh, I, I went to an, uh, um, a guitar session with him mm -hmm. that the mu was supported by a store called the Music Zoo. Oh yeah, yeah. And now the guy who owns the Music Zoo, his name is Thomas Coletti. Okay. Excellent musician, yeah, yeah. incredibly crushing guitars. He taught me how to play guitar. My friend Brian Sow, he's a chef. He actually has a new show on uh, on the Music Zoo called. Chop and Shred. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, yeah, that's right. And Brian is a really good friend of mine, and uh, yeah, he's a chef and he loves guitar. He plays guitar, it's all he wants to do. So the show is like part cooking show, part guitar. guitar and gear and stuff like that. So shout out to Brian. Love you, buddy. Thank but, you, Brian. Uh, so so, so this is where you, you saw him perform recently? How long ago was this? It was last year. It was last April, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Okay. Because uh, so they played the Paramount the night after. Oh, so, okay, uh, so Rat is still... That, well, yeah, that rap. Now, then, then they had some sort of problem with Bobby Blotzer, the oh, okay. drummer, yeah, and yeah, 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 he, yeah. he took the name and whatever that is. But it, it was everybody except it was Carlos Gavazzo on guitar from Quiet Riot mm -hmm. replacing Didn't the Didn't Stephen just tap? Didn't he die? So, I, uh, I don't know. Oh, that, that, I think that was I false. Wrong? I think that yeah, was. I, it I, was. I, I, I seen that. It was posted on Facebook. Yeah, that was a right. celebrity fucking hoax. Yeah, yeah it was one of those hoax sure. things. Oh, okay. But. Oh, you know, all those hair bands, you know, back, I was like, I'm not, I can't support this. But like, when you hear a Motley Crue song, you're like, man, this, this, this is good music, Pretty but I'm cool. just not going to support the band. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We were just talking about Rat Out of the Cellar and, um, well, we were talking about other Rat records, but that one in particular and Ride the Lightning, those are the first two records that I took home for like, you know, this is my exposure to heavy metal. Right. I'd go listen to the metal wow, for the first look time. At that. And uh, yeah, it was it was Ride of Lightning and Out of the Cellar, and it was like very two completely different, different, different. And and I was I loved both of them because it was metal, it was guitar, and I was just starting to learn how to play guitar. But I obviously like like Ride of Lightning was just like oh my god, oh, it man. Just changed my life. Well, yeah, round and round, yeah. <laughs> and then you go to that, and then you go to fucking Creeping Death on the yeah. other fucking. Fire, fire, with fire, 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 fire. That's my with favorite fire, Metallica fire, song. With fire, with fire, with fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite That's my favorite Metallica <laughs> song like, this fire with fire. I was like This is more my speed I wish yeah. this band Looked like them Yes yeah. You know Right Well Hey man So Crazy. that's where My love for Warren Martini And his guitars come from Because <laughs> nice. he had The coolest looking guitars And, and I, I I was like Why does this guy Have to be in this band yeah. <laughs> Why can't he Be in another band yeah. <laughs> But he was a great guy When I met him Music Zoo supported An in-store mm -hmm. You know They hosted Warren Martini And uh he was he was a super guy, great guy, very down to earth, and, and he, cool. he was doing a few, uh, you know, playing a few open riffs for us, and the police went crazy because wow. it was only like forty people there, but like you know, he was playing all uh, the riffs to Eagle Junior and all uh, how he wrote them. And <laughs> <explaining> <laughs> all so shout out to Tony and Brian Music Zoo for having him play. Uh, 
Yeah, the, the owner of the music zoo, he used to give lessons out of his house, you know, mm -hmm. when he was a teenager. Yeah. He was just a prodigy, a gifted guitarist. Mm -hmm. And I started taking lessons from him back in 83 when mm -hmm. I started playing. John John plays a pretty good guitar. He learned from the guys from Faster Pussycat. No. Uh, like a band like that, man. It's just like, man, <laughs> going on and on. And shut up. And people are like, yeah, man. I'm like, dude, that's not... What are you listening to? That's garbage, man. <laughs> it is. That's garbage. That's not heavy metal. Well, you never got your knee. You never got someone's name off the bathroom wall. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it, it was just such novelty nonsense. And what and I'll tell you, a band like Warren, for instance. Uh huh. Here's Warren with the cherry pie and all that nonsense. And where the know, down boys go. It's another it's another band <laughs> writing writing another song about another hot chick. I mean, how much yeah, how much annoying. material? When, when do people start getting tired of hearing this? Right. You know what it is. You know what I realized. But I, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Then they write a song like Uncle Tom's Cabin, right? Which is crushing, to, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And that only made me disrespect them more. If you could write this stuff, why are you, why are you even stuff? bothering following the same criteria? Right. Of, of, Every poser band. The whole, well, there's probably release, also record labels then too. You need your radio. Hit, without, you need a doubt, your without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Total record company. You need your power ballad. In my opinion, that's what happened to Def Leppard. Rick Allen, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I actually saw Rick Allen with two arms supporting Billy Squire. Weird. Wow. In, in 83. Wow. Now, now <laughs> weird. <laughs> well, dude, sorry, Rick. We're not hey, laughing it's at, all right. Not laughing at your accident, but. They, they had a five year hiatus. They didn't come out with hysteria till, eight, till 88. Uh, I guarantee you, during that time when the poser movement came in, the record company grabbed them, and a band like Aerosmith, too, grabbed these guys that when they broke up and then when they reformed, they said, this is what's happening, this is the look, this is what you need to look like. Right. It's, that's exactly, sure. you're 100% you're, uh, yeah. right. The, man, the record company gets in there and the management sure. says, this is what's selling, yeah. this is what the look is, this is what people are buying, and mm -hmm. millions of people. Mm -hmm. Because... Mass media portrayed heavy metal as this to the mm -hmm. world, and so yeah. the world said, "Oh, that's heavy metal. I'll check it out and buy it." They didn't push. They didn't push Metallica in the right. beginning and the underground. Right. Mm -hmm. There was no underground at all. People right. were going to buy fucking docking records, right? I mean, but Metallica had, you know, eventually the they became too big that right. big business invaded the underground thanks to a band like Metallica, yeah. right? And. That's how it all like got broken wide open. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like when you think about it, it's like the same thing with the grunge movement. There had to be a look. There had to be a way you could dress so they could sell it in a store and kids could identify with it. There was a, there was like context, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. But I also think that when you say something, when, when you're talking about um, you know how many times can we hear the same song dude I struggle with the same thing as a musician and it drives me crazy every band wrote about some chick's beautiful ass and you know what I and that's great but right. every band was yeah. doing it for 15, 16, 17, 18, 20 and, years I'm and like when, yeah. do you, when do you poser people get tired of this right. and I realized something when somebody somebody said something to me that it was like but the thing you have to understand is this is not like for you you've heard this a gazillion times there's a young kid that's never heard anything like this said this way in this context and they're hearing it for the first time for them it's the first time hearing it so i mean that's the thing it's like but i struggle with that so much it drives me crazy when i hear a song about some hot chick and some some thing i'm just like oh my god i've heard this a billion times yeah it just drives me nuts I, I, I'll it never, drives me nuts i'll never forget a, a, the, the, the sundance remember sundance you used to have commercials mm. yeah and come to sundance the premier well, we rock commercials. right right but the premier uh, but at least they were showing nuclear assault and and, and some yeah. band and mm. some heavy bands you know yeah. the, the, there was a band on the sundance commercial that was so funny the song was like she's hot yeah, she knows it. Like, oh, it was just so close. I was like, oh my God. 
we, 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 and I used to play it purposely so my friend Joe would get mad and punch the TV. Yeah. Like he hated it. Oh, he would die and run into that guy somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God. I would do that. If it's so bad, it's so annoying. But I would play it over and over just to be uh, Yeah, yeah, I kept playing it. I, I would just rewind it. Remember VHRs and oh, VHSs? VHS. I would rewind it and play it again because I would tape it back as well. Uh, me too. And, 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 Ricky and, Rackman was an Ricky, idiot. Yeah. Wow. But do you remember before it was Ricky Rackman? It was the guy Adam Curry. Yeah, Adam, Adam Curry. Adam Holy Curry. Christ, sure. Man. And uh, Ian Robinson. Ian Robinson. Shout out to Ian. What's up, Shout buddy? out, man. He became a good friend. Well, he was a... Yeah. Ricky Rackman proper oh. me way. So I, 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 I met him once. He was always very courteous mm-hmm. and nice, you know. Yeah. Very cool to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of, of the grunge movement, if, if uh, you want to get back to the leeway sure. thing, that sort of was my departure from the band. In mm-hmm. all honesty, we were in Europe for the leeway tour in uh, 91. Uh, and uh, Desperate Measures. Desperate Measures. We were supporting Desperate Measures and Jimmy Santos, Jimmy the Poodle, we always called yes. him. Jimmy, AJ, and Pokey. These guys were all, li- they were they were into Soundgarden and they were listening to the new Nirvana record sure, when it was I mean, new. It was they were into Soundgarden. Yeah. Temple of the Dog, mm-hmm. the whole thing. And you I, couldn't I, escape that stuff right. at and the I time. And I was listening to it and I, and I was like, it, it's good. It, you know, it's, it's good stuff. But it didn't hit me. I was still a metal-headed heart. I right. was still, I still, they had their headphones on. I, I threw my Testament cassette in and mm-hmm. just... What record? Or whatever. Practice what you preach. Yeah, the new order or whatever. Yeah. What I was listening to, you know, okay. I, I always, you know, any guitarist is a fan of Skolnick. Mm-hmm. Of course, as great as he is, you know, mm-hmm. another prodigy, a guy that just comes out of the womb that just plays great guitar. Yeah, very cool dude. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't spoken to him in over twenty years, probably. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, everybody's like, oh, I ran into him the other day. I'm like, damn, I never see this dude. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Is he in New York? No. Oh yeah, he's he lives around. in New York now. He's yeah. Around. He's been he's in around. New York for twenty years yeah. at least. He's around. I see him often because I'm, you know, my band is signed to Metal Blade. And right. He's friends with. Brian Slagle. Brian Slagle, right, Brian so. Slagle's at a dinner party. I'll see Skolnick Wood hanging out. What? Oh, yeah. We can ask Skolnick to come on. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, he would. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a really Alex nice Super. guy. He's a sweetheart. Great guitar player. Very, very diverse. Yeah, I love jazz. Testament, Testament crashed at my house once after mm-hmm. a little more, so they, they had nowhere to go. This is back in the before the Legacy days, and they yeah. all slept on my basement floor. They're a great nice. band, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so uh, good. Uh, and, uh, they were listening to all that or, or, uh, from riding from Dresden to wherever we were going to Amsterdam, whatever. Sure. And when we got back, you know, that's when the material started changing. And any riffs I had, AJ was sort of refusing. Like, mm. ah, it's, you know... I'm like, Age, what, what, what are we doing here, man? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, well, you know... I, 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 there was no tight, real explanation of my departure. It, it, it was... Nobody threw me out, but it was sort of like, let him figure it out, he'll mm. get the hint, which gotcha. is fine. Like, you know, mm. you're younger then, you do, you know. And I knew my days, are, I knew my time was ending anyway. When, when we were in rehearsal, AJ, the riffs that he was writing and Pokey was putting, laying beats to, and I kept getting, nah, that's not good enough. That's not, uh, Pokey actually said one of my riffs, oh, it sounds like Freebird once. I was mm. like, Freebird, where do you get that from? <laughs> maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but I didn't hear it. But anyway. Right, right. Um, they were like, you know, that they wanted to. That's what Adult Crash was. Adult Crash, in my opinion, is Leeway's attempt to go grunge. Because mm-hmm. I think after all the success of the other bands, see, Leeway Murphy's Lil Cro-Mags were the guinea pigs of hardcore, but inside mm-hmm. the profile. In effect, comes out a record label that's into promoting bands and they start signing Prong and Killing Time and mm-hmm. Sick of It All and so and so and so and so. These are the bands that once supported Leeway. Shout out to Howie Abrams. How, shout out to Howie, yeah, absolutely. And. Uh, I got a story about a funny story with Howie. I, I can tell later. It's really funny. And uh, 
they, 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 you know, now these bands are getting record label support, videos, and they're, they're becoming larger than Leeway. Mm-hmm. Now Leeway's opening for Biohazard right. and Sick of It All mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that, that's the way it is. That's mm-hmm. the way it goes. Sure. But I think that sort of drove AJ and a little, a little, AJ's very calm, cool, collected, and an intelligent guy, but I think that got it, got to him a little. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been doing this before these bands, and these bands are now in front of me, and I think that's what put him in the direction to have only one guitar and turn it to grunge. Like, like right. not grunge, but like a leeway version of grunge. Well, it's, def- it's definitely different. I mean, you listen to Born to Explore, Desperate Measures, they're, they're completely different. I like all, I like all four records. So do I. I do. So do I. I me too. I really do. There's I, some you know, great grew on me, like make the move that grew on me. Like there's you know, some great songs on that. There's some good. The simple life is a great song. Like, simple I, life. If AJ's gonna write it, I'm telling you, it's gonna be there's, good. There, yeah. And on open mouth kiss, there's some great fucking songs. Like fucking oh, open mouth kiss was fantastic. Hornet's nest is an incredible song. Oh. Compromise. Like there's so many fucking great songs. We on were that using record. Hornet's nest back when Zowie was in the band to to open the show. Like to, to mm-hmm. like song lines the same. Yeah, we would use. That yeah. we used to use that to open shows with. You're right. So and uh, all four records, I love all four records. People like, oh, just desperate measures and both excited. Which I, 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 get, I get, which, which I get. I, I me too. Me too. I get that. And I'll, I'll be honest. When I first listened to Adult Crash, when it first came out, I'm like, uh, like. I'm expecting something so big and the the sound of desperate measures or, and I'm like, eh, but then it grew on me. Yeah. And then and then. It's, and then the same with Open Mouth Kiss. But, so I want to ask you this. I know it's a fucking long shot. But I have an idea in my head. Of course, it's probably just a pipe dream. <laughs> Two nights, right? Each night, OG lineup as far, as, as, as much as you possibly can... You, if Pokey isn't out on the road with fucking with hey, yeah. the front, or you get maybe you get fucking Zowie in there. Oh, you get Eddie, and you, you, you do get- two nights. First night, born to expire, front to back. Second night, desperate measures, front to back. Two last shows. As a fucking as a, a, a complete unit as you possibly can, and then you fucking call it quits, and I, then everyone does their own little whatever they want to do. I, it, it, that sounds great. I would love to, but I'll tell you right now. And you can talk to Drew Stone about this. Mm-hmm. Drew Stone is the only guy I know that has that had the last visual sighting of Zowie mm-hmm. when he was out west, 10, 12, 13, 14 years ago. I can't even remember what I was talking about, Drew. And Zowie is allegedly. Mm-hmm. According to Drew, a city, but and uh, you know, I, I believe Drew entirely. Yeah. Drew, Drew, Drew saw him, and mm-hmm. and he's a city bus operator out in San Francisco who wants absolutely nothing to do with his past. All right, so alternative bass player for Leeway, who? Uh, Jimmy Santos. Bang. Where I is mean, he? He played all the Born to Expire stuff better than Zowie. Where is he? He's in South Carolina, from what I understand. I believe so. he's that's closer that's to San far, Francisco. Not, it is. It is. Hey man, that sounds like a fun thing. Candiria's got to jump on one of those dates. Why oh, well, well, uh, absolutely, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, uh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, if it ever happened, I would love to be on that. Oh man, I would. Uh, that, it, that would be great. But uh, Zowie, yeah, he he wants. Uh, Gordon Ansis uh, told me once uh, about a year ago when I when Eddie first played Black Thorns with the, with uh, the Eddie uh, the Leeway New York City line. He he told me. Uh, he either saw or he heard that Zowie was working at, at a restaurant in in, in uh, Texas somewhere. He was in one of the 
Houston, yeah. or he was in one of the Texas major cities, and he saw mm-hmm. Zowie in there, and he mm-hmm. was like, "Holy shit, Zowie!" When did you say? When did you say? Did you say earlier the date that Born to Expire dropped? January twenty first, eighty nine. All right, so January twenty first, two thousand nineteen is thirty years. It should have dropped January of eighty eight. That's when right. we were pushing for, but and, but it uh, dropped in eighty nine. That's when everybody right. got so January two thousand nineteen. January two thousand nineteen will be a thirty year anniversary. It was recorded in November of eighty seven. Wow. And what about Desperate Measures? November, that was recorded April of 90, and it didn't come out until 91. 91. It should have been out that what, July. What month? what month? April of 90, oh, uh, June. June. 90. Right after the, uh, the the riot show at the Palladium. Right. It came out either that That's week right. or the two days after right, or something Right, because like that. that was like May. May that, was, that was May whatever I said it before of that riot show at the Palladium. Mm-hmm. I think it was June, actually. The, the riot okay. show was June. June. So okay. January would be the best. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he he said these things, and my so mind is. Like, I have, yeah, I, have, I mean, that would be great. Obviously, it's a long shot. But people always ask me. That's why I brought up. What happened with you, Levi? I was like, well, you know, I the band certainly wasn't. I remember discussing with AJ, saying, "Look, let's go back to Born to Expire and all this grunge stuff going on. People are gonna want something to hold on to, like roots." He goes, mm-hmm. "Yeah, but you know." You know, we, we born to expire. It's hardcore. I, I want to do something new, and I said, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. I guess it's it's uh, my time to go. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You know, he wanted he wanted the, the band set up like a Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. uh, a newer Led Zeppelin, a newer sort of sure. uh, like grunge I mean, bands. They yeah. only had one guitarist and. If he, you think about it, it definitely. If he was a big Zeppelin fan, he was into all of the more like original heavy metal. Stoner Rock was definitely close. Oh to yeah, that, Zeppelin you know? Sabbath was all Asian. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course he got into punk rock and like he 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 used to like some of the bands that were supporting Leeway in Europe, a band Coffin Break. AJ had to play a set with them one night, the best he could because they were playing all these old school punk rock Dead Kennedy songs, and mm-hmm. he was the only one that knew them on guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like he was very versed as far as every genre of music. Age, mm-hmm. like you know, he grew up of course like the rest of us. We all got into our early years of Sabbath and Zeppelin and. <laughs> And then as the heavier stuff came in, he 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 would he get gravitated more toward punk and hardcore mm-hmm. before metal. Mm-hmm. But he loved Metallica yeah. just the same and stuff like that. He modeled Leeway after Kill 'Em All. Him mm-hmm. and Eddie they modeled Leeway mm-hmm. after the Kill 'Em All release. Mm-hmm. That's this is the this is what Eddie always says. What this is what I want my band to sound like. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's he was referring to Kill 'Em All. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting, man. It is very um, interesting. You know the the thing about the the hardcore thing. It's so funny because when you think about it from from a musical standpoint, it sounds like even AJ and you and even me, we all were interested in different music. But the thing about the, I guess the hardcore the hardcore thing is like for me it was a community. It was the the connection. Oh yeah, it was, how it was easy it was to was plug yourself in yeah. and to be a part of it was just it was way cooler than than like when you the experience of being a metalhead and going to shows. To me, it was just way cooler to it's be at a hardcore show. You knew everyone. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was it was better camaraderie camaraderie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, metal shows are mainly like you know, it's obviously in clubs and arenas, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. you know, it was just a you know. A lot of, there was a lot of musicianship present at metal sure. shows. Sure. Everybody stood and watched the band right, before. Right, right. And so what not enjoy the songs as much as at a hardcore show. Right. Hardcore show, everybody it was not crowd participation. Party. Was Nobody party. was watching yeah. the guitar but to see if he caught that solo properly. No, nah, no one gives right. a shit. Everybody yeah. was just like bugging out, going crazy. Right. That yeah. was great. It was a great stretch for And if, if someone fucks up and there was always the cop out, eh, really it's fucking hardcore, it's yeah. punk rock. Yeah. It's, fucking, it's supposed to be a like, mess. I, I, I know guys that went to shows t- and would watch Skolik's every move. If Alex Skolik flubbed four notes live, ah, oh, see, he's not that good. It's nice to be in the comfort of a recording studio. Oh, I'm like, that- dude, 
Please. You know what it's like to play live on stage with all that adrenaline running? You playing the solos that he plays, the complex solos? Come on. Yeah. You can't expect it to, to go down every time. I never met Alex. I would like to meet him. That would be He's very a good cool. dude. It'd be very cool. Yeah. Well, well, would do you have would you have any advice to any fucking brand new hardcore bands that are coming out? Like a young band that wants to come out, you have any advice there, Mike? Uh f- Yeah, continue, man. If that's what you're going to do, if that's what you really believe you have to offer the world, you know, your 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 music, your creativity. Don't your look ideas. to buy a mansion. Yeah, don't not just yet. <laughs> not just yet. You know, watch your money as as uh they said in that movie, uh, that um, that thing you do, that uh, that actor that played Del Vaxton, I don't know. He's been acting for 50 years. Watch your money. Oh, he <laughs> says that when he says it to Tom Everett Scott, just watch your money. Mm-hmm. You know, just be 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 cognizant that it is a business first. This is the entertainment business, and no one's out to do you guys any favors, youngins. So mm-hmm. if you're in a hardcore or metal band, you're starting out. You know, it's a different animal this era. You know, we, 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 we relied upon record companies to get our music out there. You guys have the internet, man. You guys are born into an age where shit's just working in your direction. In all honesty, even though you might not become as financially successful as a Def Leppard, mm-hmm. but you will reach millions of viewers if you ne- millions of viewers and listeners if you network your music properly. I say, I say go for it you know definitely you know if this is what your heart is telling you to do and you really believe in yourself no problem then give it the best shot but you know be an intelligent person too always have a plan to fall back on i was gonna know. say probably backup you plan know, is probably a small thing to have aj Absolutely. aj aj was furious at me in in september of 90 for canceling seven or eight dates in new england because just to take the firefighters exam mm-hmm. and i was like age you know we're not we're not <laughs> we're not earning anything. Right, leeway, right. leeway hasn't generated dollar one. Right. I'm in this band four years. I haven't seen a dollar. Right. And I understand that the, the money you earn goes back into the tour to keep you on the road and to t-shirt sales. And but, dude, if if the rent has to be paid, and I'm talking about the rent of my mom, I was living in my mother's basement. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about that rent. I imagine if I had to pay real rent, I was like, yeah. hey, you know, even though I had a real job and stuff, I was like, hey. And it goes to show you, you're in a bit. So, so like for young kids who don't realize, and especially at that time frame. It's like a lot of kids thought that, oh, wow, all right, you're in a band, you have a record out on a record label, mm-hmm. you got it pretty good. You have two records out, you're touring all over the place, and you're living in your mother's basement. And keeping my union book open from the road, Sick. Western Union, mm-hmm. yeah. no internet, no email, no nope. Western Union, stopping in Denver. If I first before I even get to the hotel room, fellas, we gotta drive by a Western Union. I gotta email my dues to the union to keep my book open so I can't have my job. Mm-hmm. Right. Crazy. Yeah. You know, that's People the don't get it. You know, it. It's not, you know, I mean, Metallica, in all honesty, the, the discussion I had with Kirk Hammett, March 3rd of 89, when, when uh, he showed up after they played Brendan Byrne, mm-hmm. the arena, they showed up at the Overkill show where we were supporting March 3rd of 89, when James Hetfield and Bobby Gustafsson did the rendition of Fuck You Together. It was a great night, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I remember talking to Kirk. He was the most down to earth, and he was like, well, you know, you know, money came up, and Kirk, Kirk Hammett, like, you know, everybody sort of stared in his direction because he was backstage in the leeway dressing room or yeah. whatever you want to call it. And he goes, don't look at me. I have none. <laughs> and we will, they, now they're touring for Injustice for All already. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sitting there, how could this guy not have a fucking bottom line or, or a yeah. huge bank account? Or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like a 20-year-old kid. I was 20 years old at the yeah. time. And, and, and he's like, look, it's a business. You know, now we're finally starting to see some sort of, 
Green coming in, but the first three records, as well as they did Metallica, Metallica really didn't, like, like uh, all you youngins that are listening, Metallica didn't start seeing money mm-hmm. until after their third release. Right. They were living off record company salaries, which mm-hmm. is great. We couldn't get that from Profile Records. Yeah. Profile Records like salary. <laughs> get, get lost. Yeah. We, we gave you money to record your record, which you still owe us 20 grand for. Yeah. Right. And so... Yeah. Have a nice life. And, you know? and it's very different now. Like, you know, labels are not giving bands salaries. Exactly. You know, they're not investing in their bands anymore. There's no there's no artist development anymore. Music journalist Jim Farber always commented on that in the seventies it took years to cultivate an artist. Mm-hmm. You record labels gave an artist three or four records to sure. start to become successful. Sure. Now if your record doesn't sell, yeah. That's have it. a nice life. Right. Yeah. And I, I was I was in a uh, I, speaking of we were talking about how we able I was at an in effect party once. And uh, I'm, I, I was drunk, of course. <laughs> I drank all the Heinekens, looking for a bathroom. I, I before the Crohn's disease, and I'm look, just looking to take a leak. And I overheard somebody in a room talking. I'll never forget this. And they were talking about the band Metal Church. Okay. And the the album Blessing in Disguise. Which yeah. I thought it was a great record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who they were because they were signed to Elektra. But I'll never forget. And I put my ear against. Michael Alago signed them. And I'm drunk. Now, I, uh, uh, and I don't know if Mike was in this discussion at all. I, I don't, I'm not pointing figures. I'm not right, being right, yeah, accusatory in any way. But even still, if Mike was in this discussion, he's got to make a business decision. He's sure. a top A&R person. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, to, this is where I first heard the saying, well, you know, yeah, yeah, we released the record. It's got, it's out on a ledger, but we'll throw it against the wall. If it sticks, it sticks. It falls, it falls. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll it. never forget that saying. Yeah. And, I, and, and the, you know, it wasn't like a movie. Like, somebody didn't open the door and I fell in. I, I just walked away. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I saw a security guard. He goes, yo, my man, this is, there's no access back here. What's going on? He goes, oh, I said, I'm looking for a men's room. I got to pee yeah. real bad and there's a line. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go outside. It was, it was by the Palladium, this party. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, he goes, no, it's over. You got to wait on the line. Sorry, like everybody else. You know, yeah. I was like, and I never forget this discussion. And I'm in the back of my head. I'm stone drunk, but I'm sober enough to think, if this is how they're talking about metal church, metal church, right. what do they what do they consider leeway? Fucking yeah, rest in pieces. Uh, 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 you know, what what are, they, what are they considering about the hardcore genre? Right, or, yeah. or what are they? What kind of concern is coming in our direction? Right. Uh, you know, or sick of it all, or uh, that really discouraged me. And the funny story I have about Howie Abrams we were talking about. I didn't. I was the only one in Leeway that did not sign the management contract or the record contract because mm-hmm. I read it at the age of eighteen with my father, mm-hmm. who was a smart man from Ireland. He was into mathematics and stuff. We read that contract without an attorney. My mm-hmm. father said, "This, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is five years of your life, given given a record company five albums, and seeing no money mm-hmm. in fourteen letter words." Mm-hmm. And when when I when I bought when I let Howie read it, I, I showed Howie the contract, mm-hmm. and Howie Howie had that that horror. He had the, these big eyes and a horror face on. Yeah. He goes, "You guys signed this?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Howie, I didn't." Mm-hmm. And and I'll never forget how he's uh, how he's last uh, words. He goes, "Well, those guys are dicks." And I <laughs> I, I responded to him with ludicrous. Most people are dicks. Right, that's right. And I'll never forget. I don't know how he remembers that discussion, but I remember bringing. Yeah, we I'm were sure listen. How he listens to Howie we were at a Howie. If you remember, we were at a backyard barbecue in NASA somewhere. Mm-hmm. It was in someone's backyard. I can't remember. Um, Mikey, all the Napalm guys were there. Jeff from Napalm. Uh, Mike was there. Uh, Pokey. It was. I went to the party with Pokey. Okay. And uh, Howie was there, and, and I said, Howie, here's the here's the, the contract, mm-hmm. and this is the part that's alarming. Howie read maybe the two pages that where profile starts knuckling down, saying, 
this is this, this is this, this is this. You don't get any money. Give us five albums. Have a nice life. Right. Mm-hmm. And how, I'll never forget how he's eyes. He had these big horror eyes when we all had long hair. How he had the frizzy hair. Yeah. And he was like, Jesus, who saw you guys signed this? Yeah. And he goes, we don't need an attorney. We're reading it ourselves and it's so bad. Yeah. I was like, I'm the only one that didn't sign it, bro, because I'm afraid. And thankfully for good counsel from a guy like Zowie, mm. When I was 19 and 18, Zowie was in his late 20s already. Mm-hmm. Zowie always told me what to do because Zowie picked me up for rehearsals every Saturday. Mm-hmm. This is what you do. I'm going to be leaving for Circus of Power. I, you know, I want my rent paid too by RCA, just like the other guys. Right. He, he, he went to Circus of Power merely on a business decision. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm fine. I understand. And, uh, he, but he always schooled me and, and, and said, if AJ and Eddie offer you this, that's not right. Tell him you want this. If this guy offers you this, yeah, this is it. you right. guys should, shouldn't be accepting this much. Any less than this figure for a show, you are leeway. You have a record out. Like Zowie was always very business-minded and smart. Mm-hmm. And I think this whole thing with Circus of Power, he, he got involved in you know the stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. And I mm-hmm. think he'll even admit it. I don't mean to blow him up. Nah, you know? yeah, but it, it is the truth. Right. Zowie got you know involved in that scene. And... And I think it, it definitely had an effect on his life because I saw it in his appearance yeah. at certain shows. He'd be still in Circus of Power and he'd be showing up to the Ritz one night or Lamar mm. and I'd, you know, he... Something's up. Something's up, you know. You yeah, know when yeah. someone's on the on the shit. And, yeah. And, um, you know, after that, that's when he moved. He, I heard he was in a very bad car accident. He suffered some serious debilitating injuries, fully recovered, became a bus operator. And if you talk to Drew about it, Drew says he wants absolutely nothing to do with his old life. Right. And okay. I understand that. Have hey, a nice sure, life, but listen, sure. yeah, have God bless. It. But you know, it would be nice to say hi to him one mm-hmm. day. Hey, man, yeah, heard you yeah. doing well in San Francisco. I'm not asking to form a band or nothing. Right, but <laughs> you say, have a nice. I uh, yeah. hope everything's working out, man. Mm-hmm. Heard it's cool. Stuff like that, but uh, yeah, man. Well, very cool. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. I really no, appreciate no. you Thanks explaining my, uh, my my personal problem that I'm having in my business, mm-hmm. my personal life with. Uh, this organization yeah. called the Office of Court well, Administration. Well, you know, I've, I, I I found out about all that stuff, and obviously, like, the first thing is like, yeah, I would love to get Mike on because, you know, because of leeway, and, 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 and it sounds cheesy, but the impact that you guys had on my life at an early age, I mean, I mean, you I, you put me in a certain path. You glad, know what I, I mean? yeah, glad I could it's be a true. part of it. I, I really and you know what, though? Honestly, it happened by accident. I went to go see Suicidal. No, I, I hear you. And there's leeway, and it changed my shit. It, ch- it switched up my whole shit from that night on. I, I remember seeing, seeing leeway with Gordon in the band uh, at ten eighteen with Bad Brains in eighty six, yeah. and uh, I was like, man, if this guy ever leaves, yeah. I told Sasso, if you ever need a guitar player, please let me audition. Yeah. But he was out of the band by then. Mackie was already playing drums, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess they could. I know this guy that plays great guitar. Gordon was excellent. You know, right. so they they got they got Gordon in to the band. But mm-hmm. when Gordon left. I, I breathed down my sister's neck. I said, you call that Zowie, whoever he is, you call him. I yeah. want an addition. I, 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 I love that band. Yeah. So, like, once, I mean, I, like, I wanted to get you on because of all that. And then Thank I you, Gus Pena. And he's out in the West Coast. Shout out to Gus. Thanks. And then, uh, you know, and then obviously I wanted to shed some light on this whole union debacle and health issue. I so. appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank so, yeah, you. man. I'm glad that it was able to happen and it happened relatively easy. You yeah. know, like this, I hit you up and you were like, yeah, let me just see and blah, blah, blah. And then a little blah, I'm good if you guys are good and beautiful. Cool. I'm very happy to, to, to have you here, man. It's very nice yeah. to meet you. Thank you. Very you as cool. well. 
Thanks, awesome. Man. I mean, I'm a big fan of your band. I, I, oh, I, 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 I own your records. I bought oh, them. Oh, really? I support, yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, Deary, it was badass. Awesome. Uh, my friend Eric played me the, your first record, and I was like, oh my God. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. I appreciate that. I See, no the, going back to the rat thing, why can't these guys do that? Like Candiria <laughs> and play like their blues based rock. Yeah, we're great. on the campfires. Warren D. Martini is going to have a little guest spot in the Candiria EP coming out. <laughs> Blast Furnished Records. More like Mike Gibbons will. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Anything I can do to accommodate or help, I'd love to. Cool. Is there yeah. any way that people can hit you up, or do you want to be bothered by anybody, or whatever? On my Facebook page, uh, just, uh, just, just type in Michael Gibbons. Yeah, that's fine. And you know what? I'm, I'm usually known as like uh, Michael. It sounds like it sounds like my mother's calling me. There was a time Facebook. W- I mean, I've been on Facebook ten years or something. There was a time Facebook wouldn't let you write Mike or Bob. Mm. It had to be Robert. Like, does anybody remember yeah, that? I, I had to. No. Nope. I set up my pages. They were like, "Is your name?" The, the prompts would come back. The old Facebook pages. Yeah. Is your name Michael? Yeah, but I, I, I punch in Mike. I want to mm. be known as Mike. I know, not that I care if you call me my full name, but it's like, it just sounds yeah. like my mother's calling me. Right, 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 like, right, and yeah. I'm six years old still. Well, yeah, nobody fucking calls me James. Michael! I like, hate oh, Jim, yeah, I my mother now. Jim, Jim, Jimmy, that's fine, but right. J- James, it's like, stop that, all proper and, and shit. Right, right, like you're in Catholic school. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and they, it wouldn't let me. I had to write Michael Gibbons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's my name, Michael Gibbons. If anybody wants to reach out and get in touch or. Yeah. Here's some music. I I got I bought you guys some independent CDs that I did after we have a band called SP111. I was in. We were we were a, a Megadeth clone copy band. Mm. We 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 were modeled right after Megadeth. I did guitars and lead vocals, even though I couldn't mm. sing well. My other lead guitarist, co-rhythm guitarist, uh, co-guitarist uh, Ferdinand Canellos. He you know it was it was a Megadeth setup. Mm-hmm. Jerry Tui on the drums and Richie Hadarski uh, on bass cool, guitar. Man, thank you. But I, I that that's. Like more progressive metal, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be listening to those CDs. Mm-hmm. Then I have my solo CDs in there, and I think there's a leeway or two, or a few, C- a few leeways in there. Cool I man, think. Very whatever cool. was in my truck, I grabbed. You're the man. <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, Thank th- you, folks, for listening to me. I really appreciate you taking the time. If you hear it, and you can go to my uh, YouTube page and my Facebook page if you want to hear more about uh, yeah, political, YouTube. political and administrative corruption in this city. That should very be, cool. That a stop should be. Stop! It needs to be stopped, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's ruining and, people's lives. And we will put the uh, the link to your YouTube page and the YouTube video. I'll I'll share that stuff too. But in also the description on SoundCloud and iTunes, we will put the link to the video so people can see it and hopefully it gets great. out there more. And I'm gonna promote the shit out of this when it comes out. So that would be great. So I'd speaking of promoting it. things. Rate, review, download, and subscribe to the Brooklyn Blast Furnace on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, just type in the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. You'll find it no matter no matter where you listen to your podcast from. Facebook also is at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Um, Twitter is Blast Furnace NYC. Instagram is at Blast Furnace Productions. Follow Candiria the band on Instagram. Rising Pulse Records for all of Johnny's swag and all kinds of stuff. There's a 20th anniversary of. Uh, our second album, Beyond Reasonable Doubt. Our second Reasonable album, Doubt. Beyond Reasonable I'm, Doubt. I remember buying that. It's 20 years already. 20 years, that's coming out. I used, you, see, again, you, you couldn't find it in Sam Goody back yeah. then. You had to go to Numbers Music World yeah. to get a Candiria record yeah. or a yeah. Leeway record or Exodus or yeah. whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Man. Bleaker Bobs or something. Bleaker Bobs, sure, Zigzags. Sure. Zigzags, Zigzags yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Slip Disc, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff, follow us on all the social media bullshits. Um... Please share this to hopefully get the word out about Mike's whole debacle with this fucking union guy and the union president guy. And and mainly the Office of Court Administration. They're the ones that they allow go. him to do what he does. Exactly. But the mi- the minions. The minions. Mm. 
So, you heard uh, it here first, folks. Brooklyn Blast. Brooklyn Blast. Thank you, sir. You heard it here because you guys out there that are new and up and coming, if I may state one last statement. Sure. We didn't have it like this, us guys that are doing this show right now. Mm -hmm. we, you had to wait till you were in a band that was signed to a label so a, rec a radio station would come around to you. Mm -hmm. Now now you got, you could do these podcasts. You could you know request to be interviewed by the fellas at Brooklyn Blast Furnace and... Hopefully it'll help you band out, but thank God for guys like yourselves because that's what's truly keeping underground music alive yeah. in any genre, whether it's heavy, jazz, blues, whatever. It's, if it's underground, you guys put it out there, yeah. and I appreciate you remembering. We try the, the we days give, of nostalgia. And try to give try to give the little guys a little bit of a voice. Absolutely. While si while sitting down and hanging out and just shooting the shit. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, all of you, for having me. Anytime, man. John, and, ho and hopefully we'll get a couple of leeway dates together. <laughs> So with that, thank you once again, and we're over here now. <laughs>